And we're on to part two of the great Event Hub's tier list extravaganza. Catalyst, Dream King, Majin Ten, Shinhan, and I have ranked the entire Street Fighter V roster in order from weakest to strongest, and have averaged all of our opinions into one big list. Last week, we spoke on the bottom 10 as we organized characters 35 through 26, and this time we're tackling the middle of the pack with characters 25 all the way down to 11. There's plenty to get to, so we're going to jump right on into it, but before we do that, I just wanted to remind you to please, please, please subscribe to us, uh, follow us on iTunes, leave us a review. It means a lot. Tell your friends, and without any further ado, let's jump in. Perfect. All right, and welcome back to the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey, what's going on, everybody? All right, and once again, we have two very special guests with us. We have Stephen Dream King Chavez. He runs our editorial department. We're back. Can't believe it. It's already been a week. And then we have Nicholas Hand taylor who does all of our tournament coverage on the website and does a fantastic job with that. Uh, thanks for having me again. Has it really been a whole week since I whined about Alex? Yes, <laughs> yes it has. <laughs> Nick, I know we, we're, we're pressed for time for sure, but tell, tell the world what you did today. Because it's, it's nighttime over where you're at, right? <laughs> it's, it's evening-ish. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, I played many golf with Leffen and I beat him. Yeah. <laughs> Get wrecked, Leffen. You can't be good at everything. Yeah, and, and who else beat him too? This is important. Uh, Jenny, his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I joked with Nick that if there's any GameCube controllers out there, like they definitely got smashed in that process. But yeah, so uh, I, I don't think so. Off to a great start on the Street Fighter Five podcast. <laughs> Poor Leffen. All right, so let's get right into it. Uh, at at number twenty five here, we have Ryu, uh, who is the poster boy of Street Fighter Five. Um, to me, he is a definition of a character who has a basis of good tools. They're just worse than most of the other characters in terms of their effectiveness. And and I can't tell you how many times I've seen a brilliant combo from Ryu that uses his V-Trigger, it goes right into Super, and then the other character lives. Like, where you fully would expect him to die with most other cast members. Uh, that's kind of where we're going to kick it off here with Ryu. But Nick, you watch quite a bit of him uh, on stream. What do you think about the character? Uh, yeah, I watch a lot of uh, Jimmy streaming, the uh, German Ryu player. Uh, great streamer, by the way. Shout out to him. Um, Ryu as a character... When you look at Ryu players in general, they seem to think he's in a decent spot now. Like, he's way better now than he was last season. And uh, a big part of that is that they actually upped the effectiveness of one of his most effective tools, which is his Fireball. Problem is that Street Fighter V doesn't really let Fireball play, like, shine that much, right? You gotta be so, really, really good before it matters. Yeah, exactly. So, in that sense, Ryu... I mean, his... Ace in the hole isn't that strong, but there are certain ranges where, like Jamie has videos where he shows like a certain range where Ryu's fireballs are incredibly strong when he has you at a specific corner position, um, and uh, he definitely has areas where he shines. I think, and you know, he has some decent normals. He's not really that bad. But another thing that Jimmy also said, which I wouldn't know since I think you have to be a Ryu player to properly know this, but he said that Ryu would be viable if not for birdie. Oh, wow. I've heard yeah. that that's a terrible matchup. Yeah, apparently that matchup specifically makes it so, according to Jimmy, and probably several other Ryu players, because I know a lot of people hate the matchup, but according to Jimmy, he said that if Birdie wasn't in the game, then Ryu would be viable. Uh, not even if Birdie wasn't in the game, but also because Birdie is such a common tournament pick. Mm, you know? Okay. If yeah. it was a complete, if he lost to Falke, then maybe you wouldn't have to care, right? 
But when it's a character that's actually that common in tournament, sooner or later you're going to run into him. And uh, it, it sounded like it's practically an unwinnable matchup. While Ryu can do fine against pretty much everyone else, even if he loses the matchup. What is it about Birdie that, that really gives him that much trouble? Is that, it just That's game? what I was thinking yeah. about. And, and you said that you didn't have uh, the direct experience with it, right? You were just taking Jimmy's word for it, Nick? Yeah, and I haven't watched his full explanation, but just based off what I know about Birdie, I would assume that the two main things are Birdie's extremely oppressive normals, since those would stop Ryu in his tracks. It's footsies, and yeah. Effect, mm-hmm. Yeah, and also his uh, bullhorn, because yeah. you know, at a lot of ranges, he's just going to be able to drop a button, and uh, then he'll stop your fireball. Yeah, yeah and then also the, too, those the EX dolphin dive on reaction to fireballs too. I mean, that's gonna like oh, yeah. that's gonna have to like stop you in his tracks. Like it's like okay, well, I can't throw fireballs from mid range. That's like my number one strength, or should be at least, and I can't do it. So mm-hmm. yeah, so then you start have to relying on his normals, and while Ryu doesn't necessarily have terrible normals, Birdie has exceptional normals. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that that is probably why Ryu players think it's a, uh, such a terrible matchup because his most viable tool gets completely shut out and he can't actually contend with what he has left. Right. Yeah, I I, I look at Ryu and I've already mentioned his damage and it just it does seem like it's a good bit lower than it should be. And I look back at season one and it's like this guy like his damage was too strong back then and ended up being a great character. And it feels like that's kind of like the one thing he's missing now. Like I never really hear people say like his tool set feels incomplete anymore, right? Um, maybe his V triggers like those actually kind of feel incomplete in terms of how they're implemented. Because I mean uh, the, the joke is like you throw half a fireball and like that's it. Like your V trigger one is gone. Um, and and I don't know. It's so. I also think that that we would see more of Ryu if Akuma was not so dominant. That is something I've heard quite a bit. Um, I mean, this is you know one of the most popular characters in Street Fighter history, and the fact that he's got pretty abysmal representation in tournament that's rough. Like that, you should be seeing Ryu players like here and there. And again, I think Akuma is really taking that spot. And I actually equate it to like. If you're going to pull money out of an ATM, just like how effective Ryu is, right? And you go to grab 20 bucks for food, right? The ATM gives you 15 bucks instead. That's Ryu. It's like, hey, what? I, I, I expected more. And like, you got 15. And it's like, damn it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's still money, but you know, it just, it's less of what you would expect. Yeah. So would it be yeah. better if he had higher damage output? Because I'm very hesitant to give anybody more damage ever. I feel like um, I, I would appreciate more that they have a tool that is useful that they can use to beat the other person as opposed to if this particular tool hits, it's going to do more damage. Uh, yeah, I think the main thing would be that Akuma kind of overshadows Ryu in every aspect except fireballs. And even then, you could argue the air fireballs kind of cover that. But mm-hmm. if we're looking at grounded fireballs, then Ryu is probably more solid than Akuma. But again, fireballs aren't that good in Street Fighter V. So the only area where Ryu actually outshines Akuma is an area that isn't great. So I think you would have to give Ryu some area where he outshines Akuma outside of the fireballs. Or even has a tool that Akuma doesn't, which almost feels like it doesn't exist. But, you know, something. Uh, and then, I mean, sure, damage is one option, but that would kind of kill Akuma in exchange, wouldn't it? I mean, Akuma's got air fireballs. Like, to me, and the, the demon flip and all that kind of stuff, like, that's why you play Akuma, is you have those great options. Akuma has a tool for everything, and they're all great. Um, I, I think that if you up reuse damage, I think you just make everything he does more effective. Uh, that's, you know, generally the premise of it, right? And I look at the character, I actually see his tools as being fairly decent, like all around. It's like, I don't look at like a lot of matchups and say, oh, he doesn't have a tool to work with that. It's just like his tool is not that good. 
You know, that, that's kind of how mm-hmm. I, I look at it. And again, I'll go back to Rose in Ultra Street Fighter 4. She was a low-tier character before that game, and then they buffed her damage, and she ended up being like, you know, some argue like a top 10 character somewhere around there, right? She won Evo. Um, so definitely a very good character. And, and that's kind of like where I feel like with Ryu is like, yeah, just up his damage a bit. Like, give him more on his anti-airs, give him more maybe on his fireball. Like, make that stuff just a tad bit better, and I think he would jump up a bit more. Yeah, Catalyst, you mentioned earlier that um, Ryu doesn't show up that much in tournament, but it, it's weird because the inverse of that is, you know, uh, the online rankings where he's super oh, yeah. prominent. And it's 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 pretty interesting to see that this character is really not that great overall, but man, people love playing him online. I mean, he's usually top three, uh, usually top one, actually, in the, uh, the, the Capcom's, uh, you know, the, the online monthly usage rankings and stuff like that. And it's it's pretty interesting to see that despite him not being that great, he's still used a lot online, like so much. Well, I, I think that that's accounted for by the fact that a lot of people that just jump in and that either haven't played the game at all or the franchise at all or just, you know, super just very beginning level players and, and, and then even all of like the earlier ranks, a lot of these characters are not going to thrive based on their tier. They're going to thrive based on which, you know, just who wants to pick them because you're not seeing Akuma played at the top level. You're not seeing Abigail played at the top level. You're not seeing Ryu, all that stuff. So at the lower levels, those tier lists don't matter as much. And so Ryu is probably the most recognizable face in fighting games, you know, say mm-hmm. for maybe like a Scorpion or something like that. And and so people are going to gravitate towards him. They're going to be like, oh, I remember this character from when I saw it when I was a kid or whatever, stuff like that. Right. But I think most of the lower... Uh, the lower ranked players online, or not most of them, but like a lot of the in the lower ranked players, which are is probably a massive portion of what that particular sample is is taking from, mm-hmm. uh, are gonna pick Ryu or characters like that, Chun Li, Ryu, uh, Ken, the ones that they recognize, and that's gonna be a huge popularity factor for the character. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why you're seeing the discrepancy there. Right. And John uh, Raptor, just to, to piggyback on that, um, both you and I have quite a few points in, in ranked matches, and when we run across a Ryu player you know that guy's real good, right? Like you, uh, at least that, that's how it is for me. Is it that way for you? They're usually halfway decent. They know what they're doing. They'll If they get you in a knockdown, they're probably doing some kind of a setup that you may or may not have seen before just because how often do you play against Ryu these days, right? I mean, I used to play the character and I forgot most of what he's even capable of and that was in season one, so maybe that's all changed at this point. But but yeah, uh, it's, it's similar to like when you see a jury. When you see one of these lower tier characters up in like the the master and the diamond ranks, then uh, you know that whoever's using them knows what they're doing. Yeah, and, and so I feel he's a very explored character. I think you know people have gotten most of the mileage they're going to get out of him. And then uh, it's like you're running across players who really know what they're doing, and they just they pretty much love the character, and they don't mind losing so much, and they're playing him. And I mean, that speaks volumes to me. Um, like having him right here outside of our you know bottom 10, that's pretty fair. Like 25th overall is like, yeah, he's... He doesn't have a lot going for him that we can like fall back on beyond like I think he can do okay if we knock the other Shotos down and if he had more damage and if he had this and he had that. It's like, yeah, he's he's kind of whatever. Yeah, if I were Capcom at this point and I did a balance patch, if, if he is indeed where we're putting him right now, and, and obviously I agree with that for the most part, I think that just one... One decent buff, and let's see where things go, would be fair, because he'll probably climb up a little bit, and uh, and that would be a good thing. But you don't want to break the character, so maybe give him some more damage on an uppercut or something like that, or a better follow-up. One thing, and I think maybe you see him climb to a, a little bit better of a spot. But that's the kind of tweak I would give him. Right. So next up here at 24th, we have Abigail. 
And this character made me and many, many, many other players very salty and angry pretty much continuously. Uh, it's someone that Steven played like religiously in season three. And he got also, knocked down Also before bit. season three. Let's point that out really right oh, from the start. Oh, yeah. I played him yeah. since he was released in season two. So don't just say I'm a season three Abigail Here's a player. disclaimer, guys. Whenever Abigail comes up, Catalyst and Dream King rip each other's throats out. So uh, buckle up <laughs> yeah. for this yeah. next oh, yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah, so actually on that note, so I'm, I, I've already kicked off the, the pain a little bit here, so I'll go ahead and turn it right over to Steven since he made the character. And what are you seeing so far with this guy at 24th? Yeah, um, with Abigail, obviously between 3.5 and Season 4, uh, he took a lot of nerfs. Um, Capcom pretty much hit him with the nerf bat pretty hard, um, rightfully so in, in a lot of people's eyes. Um, I personally think he got hit too hard uh, in too many areas. Um, I mean, obviously Season 3, 3.5, he was a big issue, but... Um, if you look at his change list uh, for the season four balance changes, it's pretty much just nothing but nerfs. Um, they gave him a new traditional sweep with the down uh, down back heavy kick, which is okay, I guess. I mean, it's it's a cool tool to have, but it's you know, in light of all the nerfs that he got, it's just yeah, it's it's a it's a pain. Um, for me, it's you know, playing that character. I personally think that he's probably the worst iteration he's been since he, his inception. Um, I played him and it just felt like they took a lot of the best things that he has and kind of did away with them or made them significantly worse. Um, he has trouble getting in. He, you know, a harder time getting in, a harder time staying in. Um, Capcom seems to be kind of on the fence with this character of like, hey, he's not really a brawler. He's not really a grappler. Uh, it seemed like they try to nerf him to make him more of a grappler, but then they also nerfed his command throw range. So it's kind of like, well then what is he? You know, like, what are you trying yeah. to make him, you know? I, I just want to jump in there and point out where that's coming from. In, in the season four patch notes, Capcom said that, you know, Abigail is like a brawler and a grappler. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell does that? I mean, we know what a grappler is. That's saying, if it's like usually command throw characters, big body dudes who try to get in on you and body you. Right. right. Like, and they threw around this new term like brawler. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And like, it, they didn't even really define it like mm -hmm. and they just kind of threw it out there as like oh this is our justification for nerfing abigail because we don't really know what to do with them mm -hmm. and that was just like us we struggled mightily behind the scenes trying to figure out what to do with this character because he was such a nightmare to play against in season three um and it just i mean dealing with his like you know two bar v trigger one and it was like abigail players could lose and still win it's like you were encouraged like storm kubo steven and a few other players they would actually try to get hit or just kind of like take massive risk at the start of the round because like oh guess what i'm building up v trigger one it's only two bars even if i lose i can still win it's uh, it was an advantageous strategy basically mm -hmm. and that's it was i i think that and i don't this is hard to do balancing characters in fighting games is hard to do balancing grapplers is especially hard to do because they're based on this kind of weird uh, uh risk reward where it's it's more of an all or nothing sort of a thing and I'm not saying that it's impossible because I think we've had some pretty good balances with characters like Zangief and Street Fighter 4 where the character really could get stuff done. Um, but like it, it was this it was a very clear and I think um, valid game of the characters trying to approach you. You are able to set up a minefield depending on which character you are. It's easier or not. But that's you know that 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 makes sense. That's going to be in a fighting game matchup how well you're able to zone out the the grapplers mm -hmm. and 
So there was this whole like Zangief tries to get in and he spends his life getting in. And if he does, it really felt like he earned it. And if he doesn't, then you really felt like, well, that was the most intense, like 98 second long round, but I, I survived. And it, it was really cool. It felt like a valid exchange between two people as they're testing their problem solving skills. With Abigail, it's much more felt like, and this is more of a Street Fighter V problem, uh, it's I'm not going to try to navigate your minefield as much as I am like, yeah, it's a 50-50 or it's a situation where you have these two options. I'm just going to keep pressing here and eventually it will work. Um, there was thought, there is thought for a, for an approach in Street Fighter V, but I think it's much less. And I think the fact that you can, you know, do something like a roll into V-Trigger, and I will acknowledge that he has to hit with the early part of the roll, can't just be at the very tip and then cancel into it. But things like that, Abigail's going to fall back on. And what that does is it detracts from that, from that specific game that I think when you have a grappler slash, I guess, brawler in this case sort of character that wants to get close to you and wants to spend their life getting close... Mm -hmm. um, that's, I think, the best case scenario. Something like what you saw with uh, Zangief in Street Fighter 4, especially Ultra Street Fighter 4. Watching Snake Eyes do what he would do, especially against other pro players. You never felt like, oh man, Zangief is broken. You thought like, oh man, Snake Eyes is really good. And that made for very entertaining Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I feel like it's not easy because that's like that's a good example of, of doing it right. But it's so easy to just make it, well, uh, I'm just going to just expend my uh just take my chances here and and try to get close to you and then i have my huge gun and it's like comes down to like a 50 50 in a nutshell and and i think that's what abigail was and before it was advantageous for him to spend the 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 risks and then now it just isn't as much and it's like so he's either all in or not at all and it's like that's not the kind of character you want to have yeah i think a big part of uh a big part of uh, his nerfs were to his V-Trigger, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's, he still has V-Trigger too, and it's not bad at all, but still, the explosive V-Trigger that he had isn't quite the same. And I think with that strength removed, a lot of the things that he's good at, Birdie's kind of better at. Mm -hmm. So if you want to play that type of character, Birdie still has relatively the same tools. Because uh, Abigail doesn't get Oki off of Command Grab, right? Uh, or not right? so much anymore, no. He he yeah, does get exactly. it, but it's he the way he can pressure afterwards has, has been nerfed. Actually, mm -hmm. that's one of the things I'd like to see restored about the character. Yeah. Steven talked about that as well, but yes. Mm -hmm. So it, it that that was one of the things that I, that I felt once I started playing season four. Abigail is just you know again like I said earlier, it's harder to stay in with the character now, and it, it's work to get in. Um, so with after a command throw, you can you can usually dash up, but you're not going to get to hit a button. I mean, you can block like a three frame there, but you're kind of just up close, and you know the the opponent pretty much has the advantage there. Um, and a lot of times, you know, back recovery kind of gets away from stuff too. So it's it's harder to stay in with that character now, which is you know, and and again, it's you have to be closer to um, to even land the command throw in the first place. Like I was testing earlier today, and like if you hit a standing medium punch and they block it, you know, point blank, uh, you can't hit command throw anymore. Which a tick throw from a medium punch, I understand, but it's also like if you look at the animation, like Abigail's arm just completely goes through the opponent. And it's like, well, okay. I mean, I, I, you have to be really close up now with all versions, and it's, it's just, it's rough. 
and I want to jump in on that point and just mention he's a grappler. Like that's what grapplers mm-hmm. should be able to do. Like I mean, it, it's like I still don't get this this brawler designation that Capcom like randomly threw out there. This dude is like twenty thousand feet tall. Mm-hmm. You know, he weighs five thousand pounds. It's like that's a grappler. Okay, I don't I care. Think the the, gra- yeah. the brawler part of it is that his strikes are so powerful and that he like guard breaks you. I think that's more of the brawler aspect mm-hmm. of this. So it's more yeah. that he's because Abigail he does have command grabs and you would expect as much. But this guy's also very much just about whapping you around as opposed to grabbing you like he has the command grab but more often than not he's doing strikes so i think it's more of just brute force when you're thinking brawler mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and i think yeah. again evidenced by the the um guard breaks uh but you were saying yeah i, I just i don't agree with that because it's like abigail's normals are so slow mm-hmm. he's really a threatening character when he gets close to you those normals are deadly when you are trying to escape from his command grabs and him running at you that's where those normals really get you and of course mm-hmm. you know in his v trigger those normals are great mm-hmm. uh that's that's where he he's blowing you up at like he's not playing neutral and killing you mm-hmm. like that's not what the character does his normals are too damn slow by the time he winds up for those heavy punches you've crushed countered him five times mm-hmm. so yeah and speaking about his v trigger one i mean with the nerfs and everything um now it's a three bar v trigger and he's getting it later in the game and they also reduce his stun so now he's losing faster he's getting you know stunned quicker uh and one of the big weaknesses of this character is that he can get smothered really really hard uh and it's it's tough to deal with again slower normals he can't really get people off of him that well uh and now you're kind of just you know if you get smothered there's less of a chance that you're actually going to get v trigger one out in the first place you're gonna have a lot less health to do it a lot less risk you can take um they just nerfed a lot of the different aspects of the character that were good um and it's it's a classic overcorrection from capcom in my opinion it's you know hmm. season three 3.5 he was so overpowered and devastating and making everybody salty and then they're like well now let's just take it to the other extreme and, and pretty much nerf everything that that's good about him but then they they did like a few of those nerfs for sure like i think that would be good but again just they they went a couple steps too far in my opinion they they turn him into everybody having Abigail too. He's a good pocket character mm-hmm. to have for Zangief players. And I will say that a patient Abigail in the neutral is still pretty yeah, scary. Yeah, you really like, have nothing to play, like play him to patiently now, like a lot more patiently, which, you know, it's it's a thing. He's still, he's not completely unviable. And like you said, you know, he's pretty much a pocket right now. I mean, all of the main Abigail players from the past are still playing him, but they usually have a sub or another character to back him up. I mean, even Kubo is playing G now a little bit, right? So it's, there's, yeah. there's some kind of, he, he, went from being able to hold his own to basically being like, yeah, I can use him for some matchups and bring him out when I kind of need him, but he's just not really, you know, as effective as he was before by by a long shot. And, and you might say there's actually a pretty good separation between him and Ryu, even at 24th place to 25th, um, and that is because it is on Storm Kubo, Cool Kid, and Punko. Um, they're all still using this character. Mm-hmm. Even Problem X actually busted him out at Combo Breaker in the Grand Finals again. You are still seeing this character in tournament where Ryu is very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, this might, you know, kind of define, like, the point of, like, tournament, tournament like, commonality or whatever the word would be right mm-hmm. where you're actually seeing these characters now in tournament and i think that's kind of where abigail falls yeah. at this point in time mm-hmm. so moving on uh now we have at, at 23 we have dalsam uh, this is a character who feels like he's barely evolved since the release of Street Fighter V. If we had a version select of the game outside of V-Trigger 2, I'd be hard-pressed to spot many differences between how <laughs> Dalsim players fought previously and what they do now. I'd be like, yeah, uh, is that a Season 1 Dalsim? Like, I, it just literally it feels like that with the character. I'm not saying he got zero changes. I know he's got like a new normal and a few other things, but this is how little it feels like the changes have impacted him. Uh, I think Dalsim could actually be uh, decently formidable in the right hands. His drill pressure, his traps and such are all good. Um, as he usually has been the case with the character, though, is that he falls apart heavily once you get in on him. 
and that is the meta of Street Fighter V. And so not only is he fighting against the player, he's fighting against the meta of the overall game to try to stay ahead. And it's like, yeah, you can see people do damage with this character, but damn, is it hard to stay on top of stuff. You have to juggle so much more than many other players do, or characters do. And it's just like, yeah, this is like, I feel like this is a really good spot for the character. He's capable, but he's not great. But how do you guys feel? Um, I think a big thing for Dalsim is his yoga teleport. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I think in 4 it had full invulnerability. Um, I, don't, I, I don't remember. But anyway, in 5 it has invulnerability from frame 1 against everything except grabs. And I think it has grab involved from frame 5 or frame 6. So if you're up against a character that has proper grab Oki into another grab... Mm-hmm. Then Dalsim's only choice in that situation is to jump, and Dalsim doesn't want to jump. Right. Because his jump is so incredibly floaty. So getting out of pressure against characters that can grab him is very scary. And that kind of makes sense if you look at the archetypes, because Sangif obviously has a very hard time getting in on Dalsim, right? Uh, the so backdash he... is an option for that too, though. Oh, right. Sorry. Uh, of course. But uh, the backdash, uh, yeah. If it gets red, that's going to be. It's, Terrible it's gnarly, damage. yeah. I think that that's going to be yeah. more common than the jump. And even in the corner, Dalsums will backdash on you. Mm. It's, it's... <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, the thing is that, f- theoretically, this makes sense because against a character like Sangif, he has to work really hard to get close to Dalsim. So he should get a big reward for it and put him in a terrible, terrible, terrible situation. But you also have characters that have these kinds of situations that aren't characters that necessarily have that difficult of a time to get in on Dalsim. Mm-hmm. And that's where the problem lies. Because even if you don't have explicit throw loops, as long as you have an option that can get you a throw that early uh, on his wake-up, then that's going to be scary for him. And even if you have like good grab range, if you have some sort of command grab, anything like that, Dalsim's wake-up becomes a m- lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this character is one that uh, you can play Street Fighter... Uh, specifically, you can play Street Fighter Five, but it usually applies to any game that he's in. You can play it. You can you can lab out a lot of stuff, but unless you've studied the character uh, and how to fight this character specifically, you will get run over by people that know what they're doing. And yes. uh, because he's so unique and he plays in such a different way, that you have to be ready for some very specific stuff and a lot of lessons that you don't learn when practicing against the rest of the cast. And so, therefore, I think that Dalsim is a scrub killer. He is, uh, and, and and even more than that, it's like. You might be a pretty good player, but if you haven't studied this matchup, he's going to run you over too. So he's an inexperienced killer. And it's like you have to spend direct time. If you don't have a, a Dalsim in your local scene, if you don't regularly play against him online, and in online you're getting a lot of different flavors and a lot of different approaches and skill levels, so it's kind of crazy, um, then then the character can steal away a lot of wins and, and um, where they might not normally have done it if people knew better. But hey, that's part of this entire equation. And so I think Dalsim gets away with a lot of stuff that he might not if people spent more time in the lab. Uh, the other thing about him is th- this is one of the most offensive versions of Dalsim that I've um, that we've that we've seen right in Street Fighter, and a big part of that is yes, he has all of the traditional Dalsim zoning, uh, keep away, peck at, peck at you from far away, and make you overextend, and then 
um, and then such. But then in this version, when you do that, like if you jump in on a Dalsim and he anti-airs you with his crush counter anti-air, he goes into a combo that does a ridiculous amount of damage. It costs him, you know, uh, I think a meter or two, but oh my gosh, he just melts you in a way that you wouldn't expect a character like Dalsim, who's just like I say, pecking at you from far away normally to do. The other big thing is, um, and this ties right into that inexperience, he's got a dive kick in this that um, you referenced earlier when you were introducing it, John, uh, that puts him at a very good situation. It puts him at a 50-50 kind of situation where you're either kind of guessing whether or not you have to guard or tech a throw or um, or try to you know block a frame trap. And if he hits that frame trap, it's some pretty good damage because I think it's with the fierce punch and such. And um, the answer to that, I think, is either V-reversal his dive kicks away or be ready for it and don't block one. You know, Be ready to anti-air it. But that's very difficult to do when you're constantly worried when you're playing against Dalsim because you're in his red zone so... Um, from so far away, right? You're in a zone where he can touch you. So you've got a lot of things going on against this character and his ability to put himself in that advantageous situation at, um, at almost any time once he's within range to dive kick at you is very scary. Now, none of this stuff is very easy to do if you are Dalsim. If you're going to play this character, it takes a lot of time in the lab on the other side as well. So he's kind of difficult. Um, he does get away with some stuff. Uh, but he does have some pretty good stuff. And then, of course, everything that you guys were saying about his defense in this game, I think he's probably the character that we see V-reversals the most from, if not like tied for like top three, somewhere in there. Because it's so important to get people off of you uh, as a Dalsim excuse me, player. So, yes, very blatant, obvious weaknesses, but some not-so-obvious strengths that are really worthwhile. Um, so I actually put the character... Yeah, right here along with you guys. Um, so, so yeah, he's kind of pretty close to the middle, but uh, I, I just especially people study. In, yeah, I just want to add in, you were talking about Dalsim, uh, his offense, which is good, like surprisingly good for a Dalsim, you know, uh, iteration, basically. Uh, but the thing about it is when he messes up, like he has a bad dive kick or he does something like that, his price that he pays is intense because oh, yeah. he has no tools to get you off him. And then it's like, you know, you play someone like a Cami or whatever. It's like, hey, you know, I messed up. That's okay. Like I can still get people off of me. Dalsim does not have those options. And so while his offense is great, the price for screwing up is so terrible. It's like, ugh, like, oh, well, I probably lost because I missed a dive kick, you know, and it's just, yeah. yeah. Another, another thing uh, along that same subject is, even in neutral, when Dalsim's trying to keep you out with his long limbs, depending on the matchup, he can have a terrible time as well if the opponent happens to have armor moves. Because yes. obviously his normals have intense recovery. So, for example, I think Alex probably beats Dalsim. And the two big reasons is the EX elbow, because you can armor through his normals. And his teleport mix-ups don't really work against the EX knee. Mm -hmm. Oh, and how about Birdie? Birdie probably beats him too, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Before this podcast, I was actually playing some casual matches with Abigail just to, you know, uh, just get, you know, reacclimated with the character a little bit. And I was playing a Dalsum that was spamming a lot of standing medium kick on me for some reason. Uh, and I had V Trigger 1, and I just armored through two of them back to back. Uh, I just held it slightly and armored through with heavy punch. He got hit twice and lost. I'm like, all right, dude, well, if you want to do that, that's fine. I'm going to armor through it every time, so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was at uh, Sonic Boom this weekend, and uh, Luffy was playing uh, Mika like he does, and Mr. Crimson started off with Dalsim, 
and uh, all of a sudden Luffy showed that yeah like he tried like five or six times and messed it up but he showed he could whiff punish Dalsim's limbs with uh, crouching uh, heavy punch with Mika that's like where she kind of dives forward mm-hmm. at you right and, and and the moment he showed that I said this matchup is done 3-0 uh, and, and I'm like unless Mr. Crimson like uh, switches up his characters or something like that he's done because literally Dalsim cannot do anything about a Mika player that's capable of doing that mm-hmm. and and um, again he Luffy just rolled right over him it was 3-0 mm-hmm. it was dead yeah, like he even ended up switching to Karen still lost it didn't matter. It's like there are there are certain things, certain tactics that like I don't even know what Dalsim's supposed to do there, mm-hmm. and I'm well, sure you're supposed there's to something. Not with. Yeah, exactly. Like stick, don't stick out normals. But then how do you keep Miko away from you? Well, don't you know? stick out normals that are gonna whiff. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. There's that. It's just it's like ugh, it, it's mm-hmm. it's hard though. Well, I mean, Mr. Crimson's a very qualified Dalsim player, and and you're right because so. Mika, like we were saying, she has the armor again with the peach and such, and yeah. like I, I imagine that's a terrible matchup because Mika is all about like that's the game she's already playing is try to get close to you and uh and like take these risks do these 50 50 sort of situations to get close and then once we do okay great we're in and that's exactly what dalsam doesn't want to have because uh, you know you just keep flipping the coin until it comes up the right way and then you're done it's like yeah the chances are not in your favor there yeah raptor you mentioned don't whiff the normals as dalsam but you know mika player is going to stand at those ranges where they whiff all the time that's kind of the well, game no where... that's that's the game yeah. like and mika wants to make that happen mm-hmm. so it's like it's you have to be more precise and it's it's a disadvantage mm-hmm. for dalsam absolutely yeah. wait but, wait Hold on I, I a just, second. You guys are saying I had to play footsies in Street Fighter Five. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Like, I just thought it was a little bit much to that, say there's nothing the Dalsim can do. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I liken this to the way that I whiff punish, but not. I stand right outside of her standing heavy punch range, and I punish John for doing it, and so that makes him think twice about doing it. Actually, he doesn't. He just spams it all day and still gets punished. So. He does it until it hits, and then he hits it a few more times just for good measure. So. Crap, Manat's on this too. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Dulcim to me is like drinking coffee that's been sitting in the pot for a full day. It's bitter and it's kind of gross, and you really know you should make a fresh pot, but you're like, ah, eh, it still works. We'll get the job done. <laughs> yeah, it still works. It's like, I <laughs> need an everyday comparison to an inanimate object for each of these characters from John going forward. Yeah, you got you, Ryu, you the crappy so. ATM, and Dalsim, the crappy coffee. <laughs> I don't have one for everyone, but I've got quite a few. Of well, them you have some time to think about it. Just spend your time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Sakura, who is actually a pretty controversial character for our team here. Uh, we have people place her in the bottom 10. We've had people place her um, further up the list. Uh, Nick, this is a character you feel pretty confident with exploring. We have her at 22nd. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Um, I played her a little bit right when she came out, and she was honestly terrible because a lot of stuff didn't actually work with her. She wasn't a complete character. Since then, she's gotten buffs and fixes every patch. Um, I spent speak a lot with Alex Myers, and he plays her as a sub. Uh, one of my friends, Swampen, a top Gear player, has been playing uh, Street Fighter Five and playing Sakura with me for half a year now. Um, and I've paid super close attention to Naoman uh, and his performance in tournament. And I feel like Sakura right now is in a pretty good spot. I put her higher. I think you, you and I put her at the same spot. Yes. Uh, yeah, 19th uh, out of 35. So just about in the middle. I think the main thing about Sakura, which was good from the start, and has only gotten better as she's gotten more solid, is her standing light kick, because she can punish stuff that other characters can't in a lot of uh, situations. Like Balrog, for example, he has to space his uh, uh, dash straight perfectly against Sakura, other, otherwise she's going to punish it. I think maybe she can even punish it if he spaces it perfectly, honestly, because it's insane. Uh, she can punish stuff on Alex that no other character can punish 
all kinds of stuff where she just opens it up. And, I mean, she gets a pretty good situation, too. She gets the, the standing light kick into the DP, and then she can put more pressure on you. And uh, the buffs to her first V-trigger make her fireballs a true threat. Uh, she's super scary in the corner. She has good Oki in those situations. I think she's a strong character, and if nothing else, is a very powerful counterpick character. Because we saw in uh, Toriyuken uh, this weekend, where Alex Myers actually picked Sakura against Punk. And he took him to the last round. And even then, you could tell that Alex wasn't entirely comfortable with Sakura yet, like in tournament. Because he made some crucial mistakes. And even then, he took Punk to last round. And Punk was playing Karen. Yeah, I mean, she's... Well, Punk's washed up, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she has some good tools for sure. Um, you know, especially up close, like you were saying. You know, she has, like, standing medium punch. It's, like, plus three on block. You know, crouching medium punch, plus two. Uh, and there's that combo that, that Nelman has been doing a lot is, like, um, the combo into the, the, the upward EX fireball into DP. That does, like, 300 damage. And that's, you know, from a standing medium punch. Uh, it, it's pretty darn yeah. good. Um, I just feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just people aren't giving her enough of a chance or it's it's the classic of you know there's other characters that do it better. Uh, that seems to be the case for for you know Sakura players like Alex Myers who plays Cami. He, he stuck with Cami for this whole time and now plays Sakura as a sub. But I, I really do want to explore this character a little bit more just because it's like I don't have enough of a read on her yet. It's I, I played her a bit too back in the day when she was first released. Uh, she was terrible, like you said, Nick. Um, but it's like there's there's something there. I think I just don't know how much reward you get for really polishing it. Yeah, I think a big reason why she hasn't been explored is because she isn't a better version of a different character. Mm -hmm. Nobody, or, or a worse version for that matter, because I don't think any other character, better or worse, has something that's comparable to her standing like thinking. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that it's is a fun a, footsie tool, right? It, it is an insane whiff punish button. Mm -hmm. It is maybe the best whiff punish button in the game. I don't know if that's you know the case or not. And you guys are like, Sakura doesn't have that. It, it, no, wait until you run into a very strong Sakura player who knows how to use that, and you will see how dominant that button is. And this is a character with great lock speed, strong frame traps when she gets in, nice hit confirms. It's like, man, I, I look at this character as a potential, like, I don't think she's going to ever make the top 10 in this version, right? But I can see her jumping up, like, maybe five or 10 spots and a lot of people's tier lists because of what she can do once people realize it that's that kind of segues perfectly into how i feel about her you guys i'm looking at our, our spreadsheet here and you guys have her up uh, i guess she made it to 23rd or 4th overall i'm not sure the number because it's the fudge but uh i have her by far lower than everybody else here um, John and, and Nick, you guys both have her up at like number 19 and Steven has her 12. I have her at seven and I've played a handful of good Sakura's online. Um, and, uh, but that was right when she came out, when she was in her worst form. And I had a, a bit of like, I lost a couple times, um, and I saw potential, right. And it was in things like the standing light kick footsie tool and, and also some of it was just me not being familiar with the character because you couldn't be familiar with the character yet. But she has got some great frame traps and some really good damage output and tacking on her super to the end of a lot of those long combos was enough to like close out rounds when you wouldn't even expect it. So definitely has potential there. Problem was nobody playing her is uh, like you guys have gotten at that we haven't really fleshed that out yet. And we've got, uh, you guys keep referencing uh, Noman, right? No man, and, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and like he's placing with her sometimes, and that's good. That's a start. But for me, 
Um, yes, I do see the potential, but the potential is like only so much. And and with what we've actually seen, I feel like she still falls down there. I'm um, you know lower lower on the tier list. And all it would take was a few more people to come out and start actually producing results with her, highlighting stuff more than one person. What he's done so far has already started that. And and I believe that it's very much possible. But with what the information and the examples that we have right now, that's why I'm, I'm hesitant. I think that the pieces very well could be there for her to be much better. It's just that it's curious that really no one has realized it to the point where I feel like it, it you know, it kind of locks in in your heart, in your gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that she needs to get tested in the fires a little bit more before I will concede and say that she's actually able to make the ends meet. Mm-hmm. I can see how she would be, but I want to see her actually do it before I put her up higher. So what you're basically saying is that you're not judging any type of potential you see. You're only judging on what you actually see from her so far. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I feel that, and because and we got, I think we talked about this last week where I felt like, I don't remember who it was off the top of my head, a Cody probably. It's like, yeah, well, there's plenty of potential there. It looks like he's got a lot of good things, at least in a vacuum, but no one has been able to put that equation together in something that amounts to higher placings and success with the character. That makes sense. I mean, that's a perfectly reasonable position to have. Uh, I just, like, watching Now Man play has really given me like started me on the train of thinking like this this is gonna be something like Xian's again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that yeah. that's what i'm seeing yeah. and i know japan in general uh from what i've been talking to reiketsu for example he says that like the current situation in japan regarding sakura is we've been underestimating her but this character is actually really good that's what he said the current situation is in Japan. But we'll see, you know? Maybe maybe that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't be surprised. Would not mm-hmm. be surprised. Yeah, I just want to see to, more from to, her. Mm-hmm. It, jump in and mention, like, Gen was not considered by many, many people to be a top-tier character, even, you know, through most of the lifespan of Street Fighter IV. Uh, CN won Evo with him, but uh, he was still, like, generally considered kind of, like, outside of, like, that upper tier top tier type stuff he was like just kind of right below it by the people on the note like justin wong had him out there a few other people had him like kind of like an a tier rating you know and then like you know a plus s you know above it type stuff so he was pretty good and, and uh it, nick is that kind of where you're seeing like most people like put her at right now in that in the circles in japan yeah i think what we're seeing from sakura right now is people putting her around upper mid possibly even high tier uh and i i don't think she's gonna go higher than that either like even if Nauman wins evo that's not gonna make her into a top tier that's just going to show that the character clearly can compete. And to clearly be able to compete, I don't think you necessarily need to be higher than upper mid. Yeah. So um, I want to I want to trash the character a little bit because like we're, we're hyping her up a lot, you know, and just say like what her problems are. Well, she doesn't have very many YOLO options for getting in. Like you look at a character like a Kami and it's like, guess what? I'm going to dive kick you at some point to get in. Um, we mentioned Sakura's uh, standing light kick being a great whiff punish button, but that means getting in range and getting someone to throw out normals consistently so you can whiff punish them to get in. That's what Sakura is, is highly relying on. Um, it's it's just when you have so many characters in this game that can just kind of get in at will and just stay there, like that is a big advantage to have. And it's like most of the top tier characters have that going for them. So I, I wouldn't compare her neutral to being as bad as like Kage, for example, because um, one, I think her anti-air game is terrific. Um, her crouching heavy punch is really good, covers a lot of range. And then she has like jump medium punch into a uh, hurricane kick. Um, and it, it's a really good damage. I think she gets a little bit of Oki off of it. Like she's got good options to mix up her anti-air. So she's kind of like you, using her walk speed constantly in good anti-air game to walk people down. But again, 
that doesn't compete with uh, EX Chariot Tackle, you know, that goes right into V-Trigger and all that kind of stuff. That yep. She just doesn't have that. And that's where I think she kind of falls down a little bit here. There it is. Yeah, and she has, her Visco is like the, the Sakura Toshi, right, where she, she does the flip in and she has like the dive kick, but it's so slow, man. It's so slow and, and floating. And her animations are wild. Dude, I was about to get into that since we're trashing the character. I will say that I think one of the things she does best in the game is being janky as all hell, dude. I don't know, man, just... Her animations look so weird. She looks kind of weird on the, the character select screen. I was talking to, to Catalyst earlier about it. I'm like, dude, I I don't know. Whenever I see that character in action, I'm just like, ah, I kind of, you know, reel back a little bit. Like, damn, why does it look like that? Like, her. If I take my glasses off, she looks like just a <laughs> awkward, awkward ball of weird elbows. She looks like, just, you like... know how in like Street Fighter 4 where they would do those body swap mods where they'd make like Zangief into like Chun-Li's yeah. body and it's all weird and disproportioned and like their arms are sticking out and stuff. It's all stiff. That's what she looks like to me in this game. Like maybe not as bad, but man, that's what it reminds me of. She's She must be an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Black Ocean Shinomi. Hope you listen to this. All right, so we'll move on next here to 21st, and that would be Sagat. Um, I appear to be the biggest Sagat believer here on staff, and I actually think this guy is a bit underrated. Uh, I think he has solid matchups against uh, people who do well, uh, like, you know, Akuma. Uh, I think he does um, well against him, I should say, but he also gets wrecked by characters like Manat. Um, Sagat has traditionally bodied grapplers, and Street Fighter V is not an exception to that. Uh, they have to work extra hard to get in on this guy, and his space control, not only with his fireballs, but with his tiger knee and his you know uh, medium kicks are difficult for them to handle, depending on the character. Um, and then after that, stuff gets a little bit dicey with Sagat. Like, his matches can either work solidly or not so well, and seemingly without any rhyme and reason. And what I mean by that is he does well against, like, Ed, right? Uh, but Falk actually gives him trouble. Vega is also another very solid matchup for Sagat, but he loses to Nash. And and that's like that mix kind of like, ah, uh, and it's just like, so do characters have good counters for his fireballs? That's, and a lot of characters actually have great counters for it. That's what a big deal is for, for Sagat overall. And then how well do they control that, that mid range? And so characters you would think that he does well against, he just kind of falls apart, not falls apart, but he doesn't do as well with. And that ends up being a, a bit of a thing. But he is a character that we've talked about, you know, some people being very well explored. I actually figure he's fairly undiscovered territory, um, and especially with the re-emphasis on footsies and zoning that we have now in Season 4 of Street Fighter V with the input delay. I feel like he's a character that could jump up a bit. I'm not saying a lot. I'm not saying he's going to be, I don't think there's any chance in hell, I'll go on the record and say, I don't think he'll ever be a top tier character with this version of, Street, uh, of Sagat. But I do think he could jump up about five spots, four spots, somewhere around there, because I think he's a bit underappreciated um yeah i definitely agree on that uh i've since his release i felt that sagat was underrated because a lot of people were saying he was really bad when he came out and i definitely didn't agree with that apparently you believe him in in him even more than i do <laughs> but uh, i'm usually like in any given room i'm usually the guy who believes the most in sagat because everyone just keeps trashing him and i think that also comes from which character you play against him because like you were saying, if you have good options against Fireballs, then all of a sudden he seems bad. I know Ixion, for example, thinks that Sagat is terrible, but he only plays Nash. So of course Sagat looks terrible when you play Nash, because you can absorb every Fireball. You get a free V-Trigger if you fire Fireballs. But his Fireball game is so oppressive. If you play a character that isn't necessarily... Like, I haven't even seen the Sangif-Sagat matchup, but I don't want to see it. That I mean... 
that has to be like X-rated or something because it's, it's mm, I don't terrible, think so. Right? I don't think so because I think that you don't you think just, so? as as Zangief, you get close enough to do Lariat and then bye bye fireballs, and then before that, you're absorbing them because you're too far because he's too far away. So you just V skill them, get close, and then operate in this range where he's just gonna Lariat. Because look, think about how far Sagat extends his arms, his big old long lanky Sagat arms when he does a fireball. I think that the that's that's why I th- I would I have them lowest right out of everybody here. It's that the characters that even like that they have answers to fireball in this game so often that unless you're someone like Guile, it's very difficult to uh, to really get that zoning game in there without just kind of like really reading your opponent. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you have a fireball war between Guile and Sagat, it feels like Sagat wins it. I, I think Sagat might have the best projectile game uh, in the game. I, I think I, his projectiles are strong, in my opinion. Um, it's Once he kind of gets going and finds that sweet spot, it can be really tough to get in, and he mixes up the high lows. Uh, the recovery is really good on them. He can uppercut you, all that stuff. Um, he's actually pretty scary. And, I mean, even, you know, for me as a G player, I can kind of hang back and, you know, uh, use V skill and stuff like that. But if I'm trying to close the distance, it can get pretty tricky. Like, fireballs up close are actually kind of a problem you know it's it's hard to deal with you have a uh, ex flip kick for that though yeah and it has a lot, ton of startup too so i have to make sure it, it, i actually i one i want to jump in here and just mention this is actually i think the exact heart of the matter of what we're facing with sagat you guys are hearing the varying opinions here of like well he does this well or does this badly and all that and that's like it's so matchup dependent with this character mm-hmm. there are so many characters that have that really struggle against him and you go oh wow he's a really good character and then you see like you know freaking Falk like doing damage to Sagat. You're like, what the hell? Like this is Falk. Like she sucks. Like she can't be doing this. And and that's where I think that you're seeing like you know people like Bonchan. He is playing Sagat a lot. He has a he has a freaking Red Bull commercial of him like you know with Sagat's like you know tire shots and all that. Like this is like this is the man that should be playing Sagat like a ton. And he plays him I think more than you know anyone at high level in tournament. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen is still his main, but like you are seeing like him play Sagat more. Uh, a few times in tournament that might be matchup based, you know, like what we're getting into. But again, I'll, I'll just go back to that and, and turn it back over to you guys. It's like the matchups here are so divisive with this character. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and that's why I think our opinions are kind of all over the map. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe he's just the kind of character that in the current meta and the current version has to be a counterpick character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'll shout out Zaffarino here, who's also playing him. And then I went to go find some other people playing Sagat, and it's like, oh. Damn, there's not yeah. many. Like I mean, it's there's Zaf a, and Bonchan. Yeah, and it's like I really wish there were more people playing them. And again, it's you kind of have to love the character to be playing them right now. Uh, there are better options as a pocket character. I'm not saying he's a bad pocket character. I definitely think again he's he's really an ideal pocket character. But there are better options than him. You know, like uh, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, um, I I I think we've got him kind of like in the perfect spot here at 21st overall. Uh, I, I would, you know, just to, to talk a little bit about what I would actually do to the character to help him out uh, and kind of make him more Sagat-like is I would actually make his uh, his new, uh, normals and neutral a little bit better. Like some of his his um, his buttons are like kind of negative on um, on block, like to a point where you're kind of like, really? Like how come you don't increase the frame data there a little bit to kind of push back people just a little bit more just to give them a few extra windows to kind of keep people out? And, and Sagat has been such a dominant character in some versions of Street Fighter. I understand Capcom being afraid of him. He is he can be incredibly oppressive and dominating. Again, like we're hearing here in certain matchups. But I would like to see his neutral control just like improved off of his normals just a tad. Mm-hmm. 
I'd like to see his standing light kick, which is actually very similar to Sakura's because of how big he is. It's got a uh, really good range for how far out in front of him it reaches and how quick it is. Um, but if you're whiff punishing with it, which you absolutely can, you, you like to cancel into DP or Tiger Knee with it, but you have to be relatively close in order for those to connect. I would say that if Sagat can whiff punish with this standing light kick, that he should get something um, more consistently off of it. Maybe uh, maybe knee and and but or maybe uh, if he can do his uppercut. Maybe only if it's V skill uppercut, so it's not too oppressive. But something like that to give him um, to give him an answer when he's at that like sweep range where he can't throw fireballs and it's uh, it's fairly scary. All right, so next up here at 20th, we have Ken. Um, I actually had this guy in the bottom 10. Um, and I, I, the reason I had this is because a bunch of people who, who formerly played this character dropped him. Uh, now, you still see him here and there. Uh, Cyril Blast, who we're going to talk about a good bit in this segment, uh, still mm -hmm. plays him. Uh, so does Momochi. Uh, but this is one of the most popular characters in the entire franchise, and he's rare to see. Uh, Big, Bird, uh, Big Bird and Takamura dropped him, uh, and so have other people who used him as a main. And anyone who gets that many people to drop him, in my opinion, has to drop a good bit on our tier list. Not saying he's unfair to have at 20th, I just I think he's a little bit worse than this. Um, again, he suffers from the Akuma disease that a lot of other Shotos do as well. It's like, why play Kin when you can play Akuma? I don't. That's exactly what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's it, it's a it's a it's a Shota disease in this game. It's like Akuma's just that good, right? But uh, he's a he's a story for another time. But well, it's it's why play thoughtful, uh, calculated Ken when you could play Akuma. Mm -hmm. But if you want to play, well, hold on a here second. comes the V skill. Yeah, I won't get it. Thoughtful and calculated Ken. Wait, who, who plays that? Who Which plays is why Ken no way? one plays him anymore <laughs> because that's not how the character tends to to play. Mm -hmm. It's like, and if and if you do play that way, jump on if the Akuma train. I feel like Chris Tatarian played him kind of that way. Yeah, he know? wanted to, and that's why that's one of the reasons why Chris and and Brent and all of those guys were so pissed about this character for so long because they want to play that game, and this character is not designed to play that game in Street yeah. Fighter Five. He's designed to do something and 50-50 up in your face, roll the dice, set everything on fire. Hopefully it's your opponent that's on fire and not you, and that's just not going to translate to wins. And I gotta say, hats off to Chris for getting as far as he has. He's made oh, yeah. Capcom Cup twice with this character. And he's beaten Momochi, I think, in the mirror match. It's like, he's stuck out with this character for as long as possible, and I know how much he tends to practice and grind and such, and, and what he wants out of this character. So, like, I get it. I totally get it, but that's just not what Ken has been. And and but on that same thing, it's like a what what I've said before about Blanca, how he's just get in and do 50-50s, that's going to get you somewhere around the middle of the tier list because sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But in Street Fighter V, when it doesn't, man, that hurts because you're getting crush countered, you're getting counter hit, things like that. So mm -hmm. maybe a little bit worse than mid-tier if that's your total game plan. And that's what it feels like for Ken. Yeah, Ken's the type of character that when I play him online, I get hit with stuff and I'm just like, man, how did that hit me? Like, I think he's one of the best characters at doing that to me where I'm just sitting there like, how in the hell did that actually hit me? Like, I can't believe it. I was looking for it. I expect it and I still got tagged with it and now there I'm taking all my points um, and then I think he's he's pretty effective in online play I think that's where his one of his strengths lies and um, it's just he, he's got some tools there but yeah I, I, for me that's that's my best experience with him I'm just like dude I, I get rolled by that stupid character online and I hate it so it's not yeah. an enjoyable experience for the Ken player. It's not an enjoyable experience for the person playing the Ken mm -hmm. player but it is great for the audience. Yeah. 
uh, when Sarah Blast is out there doing like full screen Tatsu into light DP and it works seven yep. times in a row against Problem X and you're just like, what's going on? Everyone's brain has been replaced with a little monkey on a unicycle and it's like, well, uh, here we go. I feel like that that sounds to me like the most fun you can have when playing a character. I, I know, I know. This it's is... fun for everyone else yeah. watching. It's, it's Dude, I think it's fun for the person playing Kento. Yeah, exactly. I think Sarah Blast is having a blast. Yeah, exactly. He's he's enjoying himself. <laughs> Dude, it's like that's I take huge issue with that man. Like his YOLO game is so strong. Like I I I'm so amazed that Sarah Blast like He's playing some of the best players on the planet, and he's making them panic. He like they're like looking at him like, "What are you gonna do?" And it's like, dude, like he's so good at being. I random. don't even know. <laughs> 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 but it, it, he fits Ken to a T. That's Ken, dude. Like that's what he does as a, a character. Like they give him a run mechanic that's unsafe that runs at the other player, and that's his <laughs> core mechanic. That's what Capcom did to him. Like this is a character that's supposed to be YOLO. He can do like fifteen dragon punches in a combo, and they all hit. They all land to do damage they do like five damage by that point but that's what he is it's like dude like this is like this is how they designed the character and if that's not kin like i don't like what are you doing like mm -hmm. that is what kin should be he's not calculated he's a crazy son of a gun mm -hmm. and and like yeah that's what i want to see when i see kin up on screen when you try to play calculated with him it all falls apart and you get mad and you hate your life i think that if you ever seen that movie eternal sunshine of the spotless mind where they can cherry pick and, and grab specific <laughs> memories and delete them i bet true ken players sarah blast leading the charge right now every single night they have the the memory of whatever happened today and their ken matches wiped away so they can go in with a fresh slate every single <laughs> single time oh man where do i sign up for that oh, service man. i want to take all my losses to ken and get rid of them yeah I, I love it because like momochi is so calculated and defensive and all that kind of stuff and then like but he plays ken and so you know the yolo is coming out and like yolochi that's like his nickname right <laughs> it, it's like oh man like and it's like i just love seeing a, a, a player that that like he's so respected he's just so thoughtful like he's teaching a bunch of other people and just watching him go crazy in the middle of a match it's like dude i love you so much for this right now it's like it's it's so much is on the line and it's like yeah i, I kind of at this moment in time because i'm playing ken i don't care mm -hmm. i just don't care. yeah so but when you compare it to when he was playing Ken in Ultra Street Fighter 4, I think back to the Capcom Cup that he won when it was uh, Street Fighter 4, right, in uh, in San Francisco. And, like, I I'm picturing that Ken, um, like, the first thing I think about it, and it's in his traditional green costume that he would always use, he's, like, spacing things out with, uh, with the pokey um, um, standing medium kick, you know, that cancel, and, and, like, really calculating, trying to get you to jump so he can DP you and then go in and, like, have a have an earned approach where he, then he gets to do his offense and such. But when I picture a Street Fighter V Ken, Momochi or whomever, it's the first thing you think of is run. And then the, the second or third thing, thing you think of is, like, jump an EX Tatsu win. And just all these, like, you're going at YOLO approaches where it's, I hope that they're not ready for this. And that's just... That feels a little cheap compared to yeah. the, the previous calculated Ken. Yeah, I feel like Ken in Street Fighter V is very, very fitting for Street Fighter V. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They made and a that's great not job of transitioning him to Street look. Fighter V. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, a, that is a matter of perspective, I will just say, because uh, I'm a huge belie a believer in this. It's like, look, if every character is Karen and Colleen and Minot or whatever, and it's all footsies, that gets boring. Look, I mean, we've seen this with some other games that are going to go nameless right now because I, I really want to play the game and I don't want to put it on blast yet, but too much footsies. It's like, look, you need some crazy in your games. Where you have to be very careful here is that you don't want to buff an archetype that 
is like a YOLO play style because that encourages too much crazy and you have too much just do it and go crazy. And that's why with Ken, we have him here at 20th, but I'm not saying like, hey, let's give him 50 buffs to get him like way up there, right? It's like you need these kind of YOLO characters, but you probably don't want them to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the payoff for it should be minimal Mm -hmm. compared to that footsie. So it's there. It's something that you can use to spruce things up and keep people on their toes. But it's not something that you immediately resort to before testing all other options or a handful of other options. Yeah, and I mean, if that's your default, like, I mean, even King can get by with that. It's just, it's unsafe, right? Like, his run and all that kind of stuff. Like, when he's going crazy on you, like, it's, it, when you run into a kin online, you know the first thing they're going to go to is usually crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's like, maybe not the first thing, but it's like the second, right? They, they don't have that much restraint. It's when you, you run into really good kin players, like, you just don't know when the crazy is going to come out. That's when you're really good with the character, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, and I'll shout out Sarah Blast. Like you were mentioning, he puts even top players into this mind game where they actually have to consider. And there's something to be said about that. The fact that you can make that happen even with top players, that's that's a skill. That's something that is legitimate within what we usually call like this, like, oh my gosh, he's just so random. He's just throwing things at the wall and hoping they stick. Well, not everyone can do that as efficiently as Sarah Blast. So to an extent, I do take my hat off to that. Mm-hmm. I, I never even called him random, to be honest, but I just I want to say that Zero Blast epitomizes what Ken playing Street Fighter V needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I think he he really must have put the time in to master that character because I think he shows the strongest Ken play around right now. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about Ken is most of his options don't stand out. His damage isn't that special. His options in neutral aren't that special. Um, his tools are mostly average or below average. I, I mean, it, it, this is not a good combination for a character in this game. Like, he, he just doesn't stand out to me. The one thing that stands out is like, yeah, when he goes crazy, you have to hold that. Like, you really have to hold that pressure. And it's like, well, you have to play to your strengths in this game. Like, if you're playing to your weaknesses or stuff that's like, you know, below average or, or whatever, you're going to fail. And, and I think that's why, you know, a lot of the Kim players, you, you were mentioning Raptor, that they're like, I want to play controlled. I want to play calculated. It's like, well, guess what? You can't do that anymore. And and there it is. So, again, I, I don't think Ken's designs, uh, the, the way he's designed are, uh, and his tools are inherently problematic. He's just a bit too weak overall in this version of the game. It could use some general improvements. But, again, how do you improve this guy without driving everyone insane? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do here? It's like, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's hard. Very hard. Yeah. Give him armor moves. That's what you do. <laughs> oh, God. Like armor his DP yeah. or something armor like that, right? Run. Like it, <laughs> armor run. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So next up, speaking of not crazy, oh, what am I talking about here? We have nineteenth. We have Laura, uh, and this is actually a super all or nothing character. She can melt you so damn fast, and that's the main thing she has going for her. As she can lose entire rounds, um, and then make a comeback in set, seconds that wins her the entire set. Like it's it's like you never feel like you're out of the game with Laura, especially if that other person, like pretty much anyone actually on that that end of the joystick has some experience. It's like she gets one command grab, she gets one, you know, crush counter, and all of a sudden you're in her blender. Doesn't matter if you're in the corner, it kinda doesn't matter the scenario, she can just melt you at a moment's notice. Um, now her V trigger one is very strong. That unlocks a lot of stuff for her. It can last basically the entire round, um, as long as you don't do like her fireball dash cancel thing. That that actually drains it quickly. But like if you don't do that, like it will generally last you the entire setup. Um, so she has some really hard matches though. 
Um, and, and it feels like her tools for these matchups are, are, are kind of poor, right? Um, like trying to handle Bison, Rashid, Guile, and a few others. Like she doesn't have a great ability to consistently get in on them or play footsies with them. And she has to rely on her just kind of ability to like get that correct guess or two and just melt you. Uh, and then I know some Laura players who really hate playing against grapplers like Zangief and Mika. Again, like she's got to get close to do her stuff. You don't want to be close against those characters. And so it feels like, you know, uh, what am I doing here? Um, so we have her at 19th. I feel this is actually a great spot for her where she she can do stuff, but she doesn't have an inherent, you know, advantage like against most people in the game or an inherent disadvantage. She's like basically in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I think her ability to roll you over is too strong and her abilities elsewhere, like in neutral and to play the other avenues of the game are too weak. Um, and that that has gotten her up pretty high and especially watching someone like Idom who is taken those situations like there's you you'll see people online able to kind of just do basic Laura robbery melt you in v trigger one sequences but then you look at idom and he has these traps where not only does he have a fireball on the screen and laura threatening with command grab and you know like six other things going at once while she's in v trigger and you're waking up but there are also situations where he's just sitting there and waiting to see if you block or jump and then choosing an option based on that there are situations where like a dp is the only thing that will get you out of it and then still he could just block uh i'm terrified of laura on offense there are a few characters that can do what she can do once she's there the problem is um it starts to fall into that category of like well, it's, she's good at robbery, but what else is she good at? She used to have a standing medium kick from hell, and they nerfed it, and now all she really has, it feels like, is that uh, V-Trigger sequence. So the character kind of comes down to Laura as a V-Trigger character, um, for the most part, and I don't think that's a very good design. So I think that they should maybe nerf a little bit of that, because if you bring up the rest of her and she's got this ability, uh, she's right back in that top five and maybe breaking the game at this point. I don't think that would be good. Um, but I, I think that uh, taking, I don't know, maybe nerfing the damage a little bit on, on V-Trigger situations and then also giving her other places in the in the game to play. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how you'd go about doing that. There's a lot of balancing um, different things going on right now. But that's where I'd kind of start because I feel like she's really oppressive in one avenue and that's not a very good look and then she needs things in a lot of other avenues you know i, I want to jump in here and just say like like i take a huge issue with that because she's a grappler and by design there's a large risk and large reward with those characters and i think she fits the mold perfectly like grappler characters they specialize in robbing you heavily like you get one opening and you go to town on the other player and like that's what it got that's what zangief does right and it's just all about like is their risk reward for getting in is that properly balanced and it feels like with laura like she is like if you have a high tier grappler like history shows like that is a lot of problems like that that creates in your game like you know look at uh, arcade edition zangief right um he was he was considered very good uh, i mean street fighter 4 arcade edition sorry uh two arcade editions now but um he was like a top three character in that game and capcom nerfed him down and, and they're like look like this character is doing very well like he's blowing up a lot of matchups like we don't want to continue to see this happen look at abigail and in, in street fighter 5 season 3 uh look at laura in season 2 when when you have a top tier grappler character the complaints and and just the issues with with people's um 
approach to him, like they, they just blow up. Like I can't think of a top tier grappler in fighting games that stayed that way um, for the most part. Like I, I'm sure there's got to be an exception or two out there, but usually these companies nerf them down because their play style is so specialized in robbing you. Like it's like, look, like I'm gonna rob the hell out of you, and it's like, ah, like that sucks. Like you you don't want that feeling to be what you walk away with most of the time. Uh, a big thing uh, about Laura as well is, uh, and this this is going to be so annoying to a lot of people, I think, but when it comes to Laura, a lot of people haven't done their homework. And the thing is, doing your homework against Laura is much different than doing your homework against basically any other character in this game. Because with most characters, you can look at their frame data and you'll get a pretty decent idea of where you get to press buttons and where you don't. We have this guy here in uh, Stockholm in Sweden who plays Laura called Rickmeister, who has some decent results. And it's kind of a meme that whenever he's trying to teach you anything about Laura, he will tell you, oh, uh, this is... He'll go by the frame data and he'll say, oh, this is like minus two or this is unsafe or whatever. And then you'll get hit by something after it anyway. And you'll be like, what, I thought you said that was unsafe. And you'll say, oh, yeah, but in this situation, it isn't. <laughs> and that's kind of the thing about Laura. She has so many setups and that affects her offense in various different ways that mm -hmm. the Laura players, they, they've written PhDs on this, mm -hmm. yeah. basically. And you kind of have to do that homework to have a good fighting chance against Laura, a really good one. And at that point, I think Laura becomes a lot weaker. But the amount of work you have to put in to understand these things is insane. Mm -hmm. And another thing she has that's ridiculous is her standing light kick because that actually retracts her heart box before the move itself is active. So in situations where she, where you're supposed to tick, tick her or uh, you have not a block string, but you know, block pressure, she can press standing light kick and come out of it because mm -hmm. she retracts far, far away enough. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Catalyst was mentioning earlier about, you know, all or nothing characters and that's what grapplers have to be. And I know that that's a point of contention with a lot of people in this game because the robbery aspect and everything, when it's too strong, obviously the salt is, is super intense. Um, but I think that we need those kinds of characters in, in these games. It's like, you know, having an all or nothing character, like I, I don't necessarily agree that it's a bad design um, because man, it's fun, it's fun to watch and it's fun to play. Like if you're playing that character, mm -hmm. that's, that's what you want to do. It's like, all right, look, I understand that I'm at a disadvantage when I'm not up close. I need to work to get in. And once I get that moment, once I work for that and I start going crazy, you better start praying. Like, don't let me do this or else it's going to happen. And it's so exciting to see. I mean, obviously, if you, you know, have a character that's, that's too strong in that aspect, like we had, you know, season three Abigail, it's, you know, it, that's when it's like, hey, let's start nerfing some characters. But with Laura, I feel like I understand that she's not the strongest in neutral and everything, but... I'm so scared of that character when I fight her. Like, anytime I fight her, I'm like, I do not want this character near me. And sure enough, if she gets in, she throws out a hundred different mix-ups. I have no idea what to do because she can, you know, use the EX Fireball or the, the, the Thunder Spark, Thunderclap, whatever it's called, uh, and just start going crazy. And once she does that, it's it's big damage, and it's just big mix-up potential. And, and that's what that character should be. It, it shouldn't be necessarily so much of like, hey, let, let's, you know, level her out more and make her, make her game plan spread out more. It's like, I like those types of characters like it's frustrating to lose to but it's also like if that person put in the work and got in and managed to get that stuff off more power to them so i agree with you and, and because grappling characters are always going to be to an extent characters that 
um, once they're in and they're playing the game that they want to play, it's going to be a lot of that is just 50-50, mm-hmm. right? If it's a command grab, it's like, well, you either jump or you didn't. And, and it's not a combo into that command grab. It's that situation where you need to be ready as the defender or not. And so, and so you're right. But I think the big thing to keep them still in that um, in that realm or in that bubble of like valid back and forth prove that you earned this victory play is the fact that they can't do that until they have earned that situation. So once the situation is there, you're not earning as much. It's more like guessing and probably in the grappler's favor. But the whole thing about it is, well, they got to earn their ability to get close to you in the first place. And what Street Fighter V does in a lot of these kind of situations is that it gives V-trigger cancels uh, so so you don't have to like once you have V trigger you get close enough to stick out a normal or or whatever it depends on your character if you're Akuma like you just throw your fireball and you activate because you're mm-hmm. a dick but uh, what w- like a lot of these characters all they need to do is get V trigger and how do you earn V trigger you get your ass kicked right and so it's like you might be getting your ass kicked and then you now have access to this and so when it when it boils down to like a round is like Laura's trying to play and not really getting the stuff going and you're beating her up because you're you're better than her or or and she's she doesn't even have the tools to really contend with you before v trigger then she gets v trigger and then doesn't care just all she needs to do to earn that amazing situation after having gotten gotten her ass kicked all around is to put a move on you like a standing heavy kick or something or like do one of her shoulders that's normally minus two could she cancel that into v trigger you know something something very simple like that then she pops v trigger is at advantage and is immediately in that blender it went from she was losing and then she turned on the thing that was really easy to do and that was her way of earning that really good situation where she melted you i think that's where i take issue and that that spans across a lot of street fighter 5 and the v trigger system in general because of these um cancels and such but as you're talking about it i think you're right yeah i do want to jump in and just actually mention that like one of the ways i feel like that's balanced is you know that's why it's important that we have three bar v triggers in this game because if laura's going to do that and i I agree that is a very dominant part of street fighter 5 and you either like that or like you're okay with it or you're not and and if you're not like you probably don't like the game that much i there's no argument to that if you ask me but with a three bar V trigger and many characters cases, especially someone with poor defense like Laura, they're usually at like the last 25% of their health or so. And if she does a wrong thing at that moment in time, one bad command grab, one bad thing, she's probably dead. So she's got that kind of like one shot, maybe, you know, two shot type opportunity for her to do it. And yeah, it, it, it feels a little lopsided, but it's also, she's at the very end of her life and she's given up all that other stuff that other characters have, like good neutral, good, you know, rest of the round to have that one opportunity to grab you and rob you. You know, that's And even then yeah. it's like it came down to a fifty fifty in that situation as opposed to the Laura player earned her way in or didn't or whatever. It's yeah. like that's why I don't like about it. Yeah, and, and but Laura has earned that by by playing that character and by playing that V trigger. That's how she's earned it. Like, look, like that's she's right. giving up all that other parts of the, the game so she has that one opportunity. And some pe- people are really good at that. Like Punko was incredible at that in Street Fighter 4. Like he's like, oh, he's like, should I bet this with Seth or should I like not? And he's like, I learned to always bet it because like, why not? Like that's just like, <laughs> like dude, I, I hate that. And yet I love that all so much at the same time. But uh, there it is. Well, but that sounds a lot like that Rashid players get the bull 10 points that they have access to because they picked Rashid. I mean, again, there is Rashid privilege, right? I mean, that's very clearly going on when you pick that character. There's a ton of privilege that goes with it. it there's how a character is designed, and then there's something that's overpowered. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't look at Laura and see anything about her being 
overpowered in my eyes, right? Mm-hmm. I look at her and it's like, we've got her at 19th. Like, she's not that good. Like, she's okay. We've also, I think this is the most agreed upon character outside of some of the top tiers that mm-hmm. we just innately rank the same. But as far as the middle, we'll have her like all really close to the same spot right, in our right. tier list. Yeah, and just to note too, I mean, with, with that type of V-trigger activation, it's, you know, everybody has that too. And the top tiers have it probably even better than Lord does. And it's like, I mean, that's kind of what you have to think of too. Right. It's like John was saying, our catalyst, it's like, you know, that's Laura's big chance. And if she fails, she fails. But then you have Rashid, Akuma, who can do that stuff better than she can and they can just you know they have v skills that combo into you know they can combo into their v skills build gauge and all that and they have a lot more utility with it yeah and i guess that'd be a fundamental issue i kind of have with the yeah. game yeah and i mean there and that's kind of what it comes down to it's like it's why people don't like street fighter 5 it's like look i can't argue against that in the slightest mm-hmm. it's like you either can be okay with that or you can't and there it is. So, uh, but next up here we have Zangief at 18th overall. Um, Nick, you felt pretty comfortable with the character. What are you seeing with him? Uh, yeah, uh, main reason that I feel comfortable talking about him is because obviously I share a country, city, and a scene with Brick, uh, who is one of the most notable Zangief players still using him. Uh, he never really st- strayed away from him actually. And the big thing with Zangief, I know I say big thing a lot, but this is like this is pure Sangif, is that I don't think he has any matchups that are just okay. Hmm. He either completely dominates or gets completely dominated. That's how it feels for him. And that's why he's such a controversial character to place, because you always see, like, whenever Japan brings up how good they think Sangif is, you will get so many comments complaining that Sangif's bottom five is terrible, why are you saying this? And having such a polarizing opinion of a character clearly shows that there's reason for him being so polarizing right and that's because i think most people go from their own experiences when they look at the character and when i look at him from my perspective i personally think both alex and ibuki have a hard time with the character so i probably generally overrate the character when looking from my own perspective but i'm also a commentator and i've commentated i think 15 grand finals between brick and atrosh and brick has never won because Mm. that's sangi versus birdie and you see that matchup, and, like, I see that matchup, and, like, the thing that runs through my head is, how can Brick still stomach playing this game? <laughs> That's how bad it looks. Man. <laughs> is that because of, like, banana and stuff and the space control? Yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing against a good birdie as Sangif, I legitimately can't see anything that's possible for you to do. And, honestly, neither can Brick, because he started playing Akali specifically for that matchup. Yeah. And he still uses Sangif outside of that. But I think that's the only matchup he uses Nikali in. He might use him in a few more. Because as we said, there are matchups like this. I'm sure Guile is terrible for him. I know uh, Dals- uh, sorry, Sangif players usually uh, have trouble with Dalsim, even in 5. There are these characters. Minot. Yeah, Minot for sure. There are these characters that Sangif really struggles against. And a big part of that is that it's so difficult for him to get in. Once mm-hmm. he does get in, he has this incredible Oki situation way better than any other grappler because if he gets an EXSPD or a heavy SPD you're stuck in a terrible vendor and even then he still has the V trigger and I think a key part of playing Sangeef in 5 is to not necessarily try to approach your opponent but try to find ways to get your opponent to come to you and I think that's also part of why his V trigger 1 is the way it is because it pulls you in right? Right it doesn't advance him to you, it pulls you to him. And I think that's a part of playing Sangif. And I think any matchup where he's allowed to do that is the matchup where he dominates. 
Yeah, absolutely. If he can get close, like you said, that that's perfectly, you've articulated that particular strength that he has. And so that's one of the things that goes in his corner. But he is also, um, so on that same side though, or on that same coin, uh, he's also got those matchups against certain characters that zone him just so efficiently that that's going to really count against him when he's trying to climb the tier lists. The other big thing is that he is one of the most mentally taxing characters to play as and play against. A Zangief at higher levels, you're going to see so much of just calm, waiting footsies, little tiny back and forth trying to get into position, Zangief trying to like whiff punish or or finagle his way in to get close enough for a command grab. People are afraid of him, so they're slightly backing up, but you gotta poke at him. And a lot of times, Zangief rounds are very long and very scary because the potential is so big, people play very cautiously. It makes it very hard to play consistently as Zangief. If you're in a tournament and you're playing every round like that and you've getting you get into like the later brackets and it's just getting harder and harder, it's hard to keep that going, man. I don't I've never really played the character uh, seriously at all, but I just imagine even going and playing online for an hour if you're playing like that, um, and well, given that you're not getting people that are just kind of throwing the game to you because they're they're approaching too heavily or something like that. You can only do that for so long, you know, and I think that that's also going to factor into how much people are willing to really invest in the character. And um, a lot of people that are going to play him are going to crack early and just start doing dumb stuff and not play in as efficiently as they could and then feel like the character is not very good. But when you play against someone that's calculated and, and, and patient and they force you, because Zangief can force a lot of characters to play the neutral game. And that is scary as all hell. Even if you've got some good answers to him, he's got some good answers to you and that is a tense situation i love that you said that zangief forces people to play the neutral and that's scary like that's <laughs> yeah. such a street fighter 5 statement right there <laughs> i have to play neutral what the hell yeah. is this crap I, yeah. I i remember back when i um playing street fighter 4 and like i would use rose's fireballs in there which were whatever like they weren't even that great in the game uh, they, they were among the worst fireballs in the game and I had multiple event hub staff members say like, man, Rose's fireballs are incredible. I'm like, no, you just don't know what fireballs are like and how to like experience it, like use them. Like I've been using fireballs since, you know, Street Fighter 2 when they were freaking top tier with basically every character who had them, right? And, and you learn how to play footsies with them. You learn how to do traps and all that kind of stuff. And so... I would abuse the hell out of fireballs in Street Fighter 4 because, like, look, you don't know how to counter them. You don't know how to deal with them. And that was, like, half the population who played the game, right? Uh, so you could get by a lot on that kind of stuff. And I, I just, I chuckle now because, like, now it's, like, neutral? What's that? Like, you have to play that? It's like, oh, man, what has Street Fighter 5 done? What has it done? Yeah, you can't ask anybody yeah. to do anything different in Street Fighter 5, dude. You ask them to lab stuff, they're pissed. You ask them to play footsies, they're pissed. You ask them to change anything that they want to do, and they're not happy about it. Yeah, but I think this is a big thing that uh, Raptor was touching upon with uh, Dal uh, sorry, Sangif, which also applies to Dalsim, incidentally. In both Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter 5, probably Street Fighter 2 as well. I didn't play either character there, so I'm not sure. But it's that playing against these characters is horrible. It really is. It's so taxing mentally because you have to keep trying to get in or keep them out, whichever you're playing against. And it's such an ordeal. And I think anyone who doesn't actually play those characters themselves doesn't realize that this is what every match is like for those players. Every single match. And that's that's such an unbelievable mental uh, strain. I can't, I can't even imagine it. 
Yeah, I, I love... Well, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's something that, like, it, you feel a lot of reward when you play an intense Zangief match, and it's like you had to choose to do the normal at the right spot where, where you know, and all that, and it's very intricate, but it's very hard. Yeah, it's very rewarding, but in a tournament setting where you're already being... Like, you're having to keep that mentality in check in a way that many other oh, yeah. players aren't, at least not to the same level. You turn your brain off for a second with Geef, and it can be all over for yeah. you. And you turn your brain off for a second with Rashid, it's all over for the opponent. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, I love that that um, that Nemo and Izan they have you know the rivalry and stuff going on. And uh, Nemo linked up a GIF of like someone just like mashing away on the controller and stuff like. And he's like all Zangief players ever, you know. And it's like, dude. <laughs> and, and of course, Nemo, he is such a scumball. Like and, and like it's such a you know appreciable way like like he just plays these scummy characters and it's like dude of all people to talk like you don't get to talk about that you're playing Urian you know and all that but I mean it's just it's amazing sometimes the perception on the other end right like we see a Zangief player and we're just assuming he's just spinning the joystick churning butter you know like like all the times like no there's a lot of thought that goes into it but it's hard to see that when you're on the other end getting robbed, like, you know, because Zangief got in one time and, like, Oki mm-hmm. to death, right? Like, it's hard to see it from there. But, man, I just crack up. And, like, uh, and if you guys have not seen the Nemo Itazan rivalry, you need to drop everything you're doing when those guys come up to play because it is pure theater. It is amazing <laughs> when those guys come up, like, you know, because you, you think of Japanese, like, players, you think, like, all respectful and they don't get salty or other stuff. Like, that's obviously not true. But but these guys take it to a whole different level. And just, like, the the instant drama that happens when they walk up on stage, it is it is wonderful. Yes. So um, I, I'll just really quickly uh, chime in a little bit more on Geef. Um, that I had him the lowest of everyone here. Uh, John had him as the highest. Uh, I, he, he's, again, it, what Nick said at the very beginning, I think holds up super well. It, it, he's such a character dependent on your matchups in the game. I play Monat. This guy has got to guess correctly about 27 times to take off half of my life. You know, it's just like he's, he's at such a huge disadvantage in, in these matchups that I play. Um, and, and that could just be really biasing my viewpoint. I mean, I, I'm assuming against Nikali that Zangief does pretty well. Right, right, uh, Raptor. It's a very, it's a very back and forth match. It's a very footsies match. Yeah, I'm. He's scared. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, it. it uh, he's also fairly uncommon in tournament. Like, uh, and I'm. I Nick is not allowed to answer this one. But besides Brick and it is on like John or Steven, can you guys name any other Zangief players that are actually using them even even as an alt right now? That's stupendous. Stupendous, but I don't know how how uh, prominent he is in like major tourneys and stuff. I feel like I see him more with like weeklies, like Wednesday night fights and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. There's also uh, what's the guy's name? Is another Japanese player. I should know him off the top of my head. He, he I haven't seen him in a little while, but I don't know if that's because he hasn't been. Uh, um, you guys know him. Who was it? The, can I, like, can I answer ago. the question now? <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, right Kichipamu. And uh, while him, we're yeah. at it, I would also say Mike Too Strong. There you go. So it's but my point here is it's hard. Like Zangief is not a common character, and like we've got him kind of like smack dab in the middle of our tiers, and it's like that's how come I think he's a little bit too high because his represent uh, representation is is not very good. But again, we've already expressed the cases back and forth about why we feel he's stronger or weaker than we have him here, and just such a polarizing character. I love what Nick said from the get go. It's like it's very few five five matchups for Geef. Usually he's winning by a landslide or he's losing by a landslide. 
and that's his design. That has been Zangief, like pretty much like since the inception of um, Street Fighter. I remember back in the day uh, in Super Turbo, Balrog was often considered to be the best character in the game, but he loses terribly to Zangief. Like it's a horrible matchup, and and Balrog traditionally has lost to Zangief in most games that he's in. It's just like oh, it's such a it's such an awesome thing to see though. Like uh, this is what makes these games interesting is having characters like Zangief that really kind of throw things like and make things chaotic and unpredictable, and and I really like that. So. All right, moving on, uh, we have Chun-Li, 17th overall. She was actually tied for Balrog. Uh, I'm pretty happy with this placement for her. Uh, I, I feel like she's traditionally underrated in this game, um, but I feel other characters do many of the same jobs that she does, uh, but her tool set is still all around good in the fact that it comes in the form of a single character. You have all these tools you can fall back on um, where, you know, yeah, other people do it better, but they don't have that same package going for them. So um, she can switch from zoning to rushdown at a moment's notice and hold up respectably well in both areas. Um, she has some matchups where her space control and zoning are very effective. Uh, because of her varied playstyle, you often see her as a pocket character quite a bit more than you would expect for a character who, um, who some people consider low tier. And just to name off some people who, who frequently play her, uh, we have Terrence, Ricky Ortiz, Human Bomb, and then to a lesser extent, we have Goichi, uh, Mav, who's you know bouncing back and forth between her and Karen, uh, and then uh, other people like Brawly Legs, uh, CCL, TKR, and then a while. Um, and it's like, this is a character who shows up like in tournament and places and it's just, it's kind of never a shock to see her in the, the top 32. And, and to me, like, it's like, yeah, that's like a character we would want at 17th overall. Yeah. I think she's similar to Ryu in the sense that, um, as far as like her popularity, she's kind of like what we would be seeing from Ryu if he was a little bit better because a lot of people are going to play Chun-Li cause they love the character. And she's got some pretty decent stuff now. She's, like you said, she's pretty good at most ranges, um, but she's not amazing as others at any of those ranges, I think. And uh, I think her biggest buff right now is the fact that the game is more footsies oriented and she's got great pokes, um, but her confirms are not, uh, they might be there, but they're not as damaging. And I don't think that she gets enough off of her confirms to be in the top tier. Um, I think she can play the footsies, but her rewards off of it are not amazing. Um, but so she's got pretty good stats in most categories. Um, it's just like the, I think a lot of people that are playing her like the character, like the, just the legacy of the character and such. And she's good enough to justify playing with that appreciation for her and her actual abilities here. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that assessment. And I would say a reason why we have a relatively low and why she tends to make top 32, but not really top eight, is if you're looking at her kind of her character archetype, which I would say is like a footsie-based charge character, you look at the other footsie-based charge characters, you would have characters like, uh, I mean, Balrog was more footsie-oriented than four, but he's still, he's still kind of there. Uh, and you would have Bison, of course, uh, also more. And you would have like Guile, that. even though he shouldn't be. But yeah, <laughs> you would have Guile, and you would have Urien. I feel like all of these characters, with possibly Balrog as an exception, get more reward for less time put in than Chun-Li mm -hmm. would. Because Chun Li yeah. is much more technical, but mm -hmm. she doesn't get the payoff for that extra work. Yeah, I think all of those characters that you listed too are also more offense driven too. They have stronger offensive tools, which makes them more effective in this game, particularly. Not that Chun Li's offense is terrible or anything, but it's it's you know when you look at those charge based footsie characters, all of those characters above her also have 
really good offense. And it's like they can kind of get in and stay in and, you know, make things really scary really quickly. Uh, and Bison doesn't even play footsies. He just hits buttons all day and just wins. So. <laughs> um, but that, I think that's uh, one of the things that kind of drops Chun-Li a little bit lower. Um, if I had to describe her, I think I would say she's very solid. She's not horrible. She's not fantastic. I think just overall, she's just really solid. Um, she has some some good tools to work with. Uh, her V-triggers are pretty damn good, in my opinion. Uh, both of them are pretty effective. Um, you know, she, she's got some decent combos and stuff like that. But it's, again, another case of just there's other characters that can do it better. Um, if she's winning, I'm not that surprised. If she's losing, I'm not surprised either. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Chun-Li's main problem in this game is how much better the top tiers are than her. Like, if they knocked the top tiers down, which is something I've advocated for a lot, I think this character would jump up quite a bit. Like, I mean, uh, she's struggling against characters like Rashid, Akuma, and Kami. And, and you take those characters down, all of a sudden, like, she's jumping up multiple spots. And it's like, okay, she's no longer 17th overall. She might be a top 10 character, especially with the input delay changes and the game being more footsie based. I can see her evolving even further. And yeah, it, it, again, Chun Li is actually one of the main characters I go back to when, when I advocate for nerfing the top tiers. It, it's, it's, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with her. I think there's a lot right with her. I just I think that she gets bodied too much at the very top end of the tier mm -hmm. list. And that's what really hurts her overall as a character. And it's like if you fix that, like Chun-Li is that much better. And like cuz you're and, and you're emphasizing I think what John has, has advocated for quite a bit a uh, Raptor and that's like make the game more neutral based like there's too much yellow and just do it like we even have an acronym we're throwing around the event hubs office right now uh jdi just do it like that's become an acronym because of freaking street fighter five right that's what we're looking at what have you done to us capcom you know but anyway um let, let, let's like get more of the neutral characters a little higher up there because that we, we we've already kind of figured out that's like there's a good amount of risk and reward with that and there's so much like skill on display with that kind of style and so that's i would like to see those characters you know like brought up the tier list by whatever means possible where we're uh, at you know. right now with chun li uh when in regards to these just do it moves uh, we've already talked about ken and um and, and i guess we kind of got into it with laura a bit but this is the part in the tier list where i think we're going to start to see the just do it moves um or the ones that are more effective start to come out and and be the difference makers be why these next couple of characters are well the rest of these characters for the majority of them are where they are because of how powerful those moves are in this game and Chun-Li has uh, she does have a just do it in her EX legs um, but it's not a super oppressive one it doesn't reach you know half the screen away um, and I actually think that like if you're going to put those kinds of moves in the game Chun-Li's legs is a great example of a just do it move where okay like it's it's pretty strong but it costs her meter and she doesn't get a ton off of it and if you block it it's like well she's minus two and um and I really like like if you're gonna have a just do it move make it sort of like Chun-Li's now where does that get you somewhere right kind of in the middle of the game when it's Street Fighter 5 but I would like to see moves more like how Chun-Li has them here if people are gonna have them right all right, next up, as I mentioned, uh, tied with Chun-Li, we have Balrog. So he falls in at 16th overall. Um, it's interesting to me that we have Balrog relatively high here. And that comes on the backs of Steven and Nick primarily. So I'm actually going to turn it over to both gentlemen and ask them why you have this guy in your top 16. Yeah, you no. want to start, Steven? Uh, you go for it. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, well, I think a big thing... I'm not going to say a big thing anymore. I think a big reason why <laughs> Balrog is at the forefront of my mind when I think of like good characters but not great characters is his unbelievable 
comeback potential. I mean, his hmm. it's absolutely crazy how much he can get off of one of those hits. And you see it so often as well, because the people who play Bottle Rock, they really dedicate themselves to showing the strengths of that character. Recently, we've seen Smug use more G, but we all know it's Bottle Rock for sure. And uh, we've seen uh, Brian F. Uh, with Balrog perform very, very well as well. And I think... I, I've heard a lot of people say throughout the life of Street Fighter V that Balrog in five feels more like Dudley than he does Street Fighter Four Balrog. And I can kind of see where they're coming from, even if I don't entirely agree. Because there's this sense that V-trigger or not, at any situation... If you if you're not careful, he might just rob you. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the big things for me too. Is just his damage output and the ability to do it at the drop of a hat. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, Smug. Um, that's a character that you know uh, Smug is still playing in tournament pretty often, uh, and sometimes you'll see him bring him out over G. And it's you know, G is probably you know on the the higher end of the tier list for a lot of people right now. Um, and just having played the character in the past, I haven't played him since probably season two, but just knowing what that character can do. I mean, he has big buttons like standing heavy kick. It's a good, uh, you know, whiff punisher and a crush counter button. Um, you know, he has some good normals overall, and it's just he's a character that can definitely get it done. Um, he has some weaknesses, but it's, you know, I start getting pretty scared once he, he does the, the high-low mix-ups and the V-skill stuff, especially when V-triggers, you know, in play. It's He has a robbery aspect that's still really strong, in my opinion, um, but it's just, you know, him being able to hang with the top tiers and all that. Yeah, and it's also when he's playing against characters who are probably lower than him on the tier list, he can keep them out very well with his mm -hmm. different normals. And he has very good out there in, uh, I think it's standing medium, is it? Mm -hmm. I think it's standing medium kick. Yeah, that one's really good at anti-airing, so it's very difficult for you to get in on him. And he can mm -hmm. keep you at bay with properly spaced uh, dash traits, or even EX trait, which doesn't even have to be spaced because it's plus. Right. So Balrog can definitely just build up a wall if he wants to, but he can also go crazy offensive if he wants to. And in Street Fighter V, I don't think there are that many characters who are effective at both offense and defense, but I think Balrog is a very good example of one who is. Yeah, and Birdie. <laughs> Birdie for sure. Well, at least with his anti-airs and such. Yeah, I think Balrog falls into a similar category um, of how I was describing Laura, where uh, but but Balrog is closer to that um, more even spread that I want from Laura. I think his V trigger is not quite as good as hers, and then his abilities outside of V trigger are actually fairly significantly better than her. Um, and you're just not seeing as many though here in in season four, and it's kind of puzzling to me. Uh, that's that certainly has dropped him on my personal tier list because you know this the Balrog army because seems to have kind of gravitated elsewhere a little bit and he used to be a ridiculous character in season two and he was all about his V trigger and they've they've changed that up a lot and I think he's one of those characters that you do need to do a little bit of research with um, like going to the training room and know the frame data on some stuff but once you do. And it's not as hard as other characters. It's not as intricate as like when you're studying, a, you know, like a, a Dalsim or something like that. You can do it, and then you're gonna have um, better results against him. But he does have a lot of good fundamental things that are that are halfway decent here in Street Fighter V. The V trigger is great. His anti airs and his neutral game is scary. Um, he's he's kind of you're in his red zone, like uh, similar to Dalsim, not as much as Dalsim because. Uh, 
he has to have charge and such but with any character with like a dash like this is pretty good um and dashes dash moves like these are are for the most part kind of just do its um or they can be treated that way especially with v trigger cancels things along those lines but he has been heavily regulated down from where he was he's not nearly as scary and um and i think a big part of of what what you're seeing is like it's not as easy to win with balrog and so people are just looking for people that are or characters that are easier to win with which would be another reason why you wouldn't see as many um balrogs these days but all in all he has the tools to get the job done um in in a lot of instances he's lower than i think my gut tells me but the evidence in front of me is telling me to put him you know lower than my gut so that's kind of where i come off with him and one of the yeah. things too about this character is that um you know when he's he's getting you to start thinking about dash punches like you know the perfectly spaced ones he can start mixing it up with the visco and go low or go for the overhead and then if he has v trigger it's like you know you're you're constantly waiting to block that or whiff punish that dash punch and then he goes he mixes it up and then you guessed wrong all of a sudden you're in the v trigger mix up and you're taking a ton of damage you're in the corner his corner carry is really really good uh and you're just that that kind of gets the party started for him and i think that's another thing that's really strong about that character is he gets you to kind of worry about that and then at a moment's notice he can just turn it around on you yeah patient balrog is especially scary Mm -hmm. and uh, it used to be that you don't have to be patient very much at all with balrog and that's probably the very stark difference that like i was saying is getting people to go do other stuff because they just want to jump in and i'm gonna do dash punches until i win Mm -hmm. and it's like you can't do that anymore very effectively so yeah yeah of all the characters who can rob you in this game i i've balrog is definitely one of them you know I, i agree completely what you've said about the comeback mechanics but it feels like you have legit chances to react to his stuff. Like, that's where, you know, I agree with Raptor, what he said about labbing the character. Like, of all things, I call him a solid robbery character, and that probably <laughs> sounds like an oxymoron, right? Like, and I, I guess it kind of is, but, like, I, we had to do so much homework. I know, John, like, you particularly struggled with the, you know, Nikali Balrog matchup, especially back in Season 2, and you hated it, but you labbed the hell out of it. And it's like, well, guess what, like... His overhead is always like negative four. Like I guess it could be you know spaced and metied and all that, but like you should have a good chance to react to it then. So you know his low high, it's good, but it's not like you know it's not like one of the yeah. You should be able to uh, like one of the things you'll lab against Balrog is V trigger oppression and just waiting to see his turnaround with the reduced input lag and everything. Now wait to see the turnaround, the cancel into where he's going to go into the overhead. So you just block low until you see that. I think stuff along along those lines, the ability to react to stuff has heavily nerfed Balrog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, this is a guy who injures so quickly that if you don't have that matchup experience, it's like it feels like you're just getting ran over by you know a truck, which you are. That's what happens, right? Um, but if you have, it's like, well, you know what? You don't have that many opportunities to do this. And I know where your gaps are at. I know when you're going to try to something do something risky because you can't open me up any other way except by risking something usually. And and, and so I, I think this character also struggles in some matchups like with Zangief, Bison, Rashid, Birdie, Akuma. Like those are characters who give him fits. And I, I know Balrog players hate those matchups. Hey, it sounds like someone is going to jump in there. Nope. All right. Never mind. So um, anyway, so those characters give him fits. Um, so I feel like Balrog is an okay character, uh, but just like with a number of bad matchups that kind of hold him back overall. And, and I think people are really getting blown up by his kind of one-on-one stuff, which is really good. But like, and, and he's, an unfortunate design in that like the world has labbed him 
Yeah, a lot of people have, and but you have to really put in more time than Balrog players maybe have to put in to get the same reward. Like, like you know, if Balrog players are putting in like a four or five to like do his cheap stuff, like you're having to put in like a seven or eight out of ten, like that much more work mm-hmm. um, to to counter that, and that's a pain in the butt. Like, and those are you know, we don't really like that kind of stuff. But Balrog's low enough on the tier list for me where it's not a huge issue. And this is one of the not, in my opinion, worst matchups. This is where I lost at Capcom Cup is to a uh, Pujera. Uh, Balrog player, like he just blew me up. It's like, it's, uh, it's. I don't like you know uh, playing against this character, but I'm okay with him because it's like every time I lab him, I feel like I get that much better about countering what he can do. Balrog is a pot of coffee made this morning, pretty much is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so next up, we definitely have a controversial character here, and this would be Rainbow Mika at 15, and this is a character who. We continually debate on how good she is, and the community does as well. Uh, Raptor has said that this character has been figured out, and he actually voted her the lowest among us. He, he definitely backed that up with his voting. Um, but she produces strong results in tournament, and has since season one of Street Fighter V, where many people called her outright broken. Uh, because of her moveset, her dash, her V-trigger, she doesn't struggle as much as many other characters, many other grapplers, I should say, to get inside. And I think that's where she really separates herself from the pack, from the other grapplers here. Um, it, when you don't have to worry about getting in and you hit nearly as hard, like, and if you, you hit as hard as Mika and you have that mix-up game, and then you have that corner control, which is ridiculous. It's like, oh, like, I, I don't know, this character... I think we're underrating her a little bit, especially based on her tournament results. But but how do you all feel? I think, uh, first of all, I think this is the first character who actually tends to win tournaments that we have on the list so far. Um, and having her at 15th does feel a little bit awkward, I suppose. But at the same time, if you look at Fudo, he switched over more to Birdie. So the players you still have on Mika that are producing results... Unless I'm forgetting someone, should be Luffy, El Chicote, and Salty Kid. Uh, yeah, and then there's a few others. Mojo. Mojo, Mojo then, right. Uh, Yo-Yo, yeah, and Yo-Yo Tay, who got fifth yes. place at a ranking event yes. in, in Asia. Yeah, so you have... And then, uh, and then uh, I of course, how do we forget him? The man who just won a tournament, Knuckle Dew. Oh, yeah, he does. does not play Mika uh, a ton, but he will definitely bust her out in some matches. Yeah, when I think of Mika, so. I never think of Nakalu. I keep forgetting that, mm-hmm. even though he uses her practically every tournament. But yeah, uh, so Mika is definitely a character with strong results behind her. Uh, I mean, I can't agree with the statement that she's been figured out. I could, I could agree if, if you were saying that she isn't as good as her results suggest because these things can be figured out and stopped. I would have to agree. But the fact that we're still seeing her produce these levels of results make me, makes me feel like she isn't figured out, at least not in that meaningful of a way, because I feel like she has the same level of results as she used to. Yeah, I think... Well, I, I don't think she has the same level of results as she used to, but used to is kind of a general term. You mean like last season or like in season one? Because obviously season one, she was ridiculous. I would say last season. But, okay. So um, I play against... A, one of our one of our strongest players here is a Mika player, and I've been playing against them since the beginning of Street Fighter V pretty consistently. He's one of my main training partners. And um, it was from him that he was saying that you know, as I and he's he's a lab monster. He studies a lot and looks at frame data and watches matches and, and takes stuff and, and tries stuff out. And he he said that um, 
this has been like, like Amika has been well, she should be figured out. The only reason that she wins is because people haven't done enough. Um, and I think that's a bit extreme. I like more what Nick said is that people haven't. Um, well, I, I liked it the way Nick put it more than uh, the way John introduced it. And, and I don't know the specifics of what I said, but that's where I'm. What's what I'm saying now? Anyways, I think that like as far as footsies go, she doesn't have very honest footsies, but she does have a couple of different ways that she can try to get in with. And again, reduced input lag and better naturally better reaction times is going to be a nerf to her that happened in october of last year and i think she's feeling that because she's doing stuff like just like canceling her jumps to do the splash and if you dp'd she's you know in with a crush counter but hey if you didn't then uh you're you're putting the hurting on her and she doesn't have great defense or she's doing a slide you know and hoping that you didn't block it in time or or things along those lines but she doesn't have very honest ways of getting close her neutral is okay for like whiff punishing and such. If if Mika players can get a whiff punish with like a medium punch into the into the um, the rope throw, that's pretty good and such. But like it's not the best. And a lot of times Mika's will just rely on like varied timings of drop kicks and canceling their jumps versus not canceling their jumps and things along those lines. And that that will get you somewhere because essentially you're 50 50 in your way in at certain points. And then once she has V trigger, well her V triggers are very effective and and she can use those to get things going. So. It's like she she isn't very honest, but she has enough in the way of her bag of tricks to make that dishonesty not completely invalid. And um, but I do think that we've seen a reduction in amount of how much she's been played, especially with Fudo. I think that's the biggest example. Luffy Luffy seems to come out and win like a big tournament or two, and then kind of do okay, but like be enough to qualify for Capcom Cup. But like Luffy's usually in like I don't know something like the. The tournament guys here in the in the in the call here can clarify this or not, but it seems like Luffy's like a top sixteener most of the time. Sometimes gets up into the upper echelons, but really isn't like winning tournaments very often with this character. You know, what do you think, Nick? I mean, Is that accurate or no? Uh, are you looking at premiers or rankings? Just just across the board in general. In, ra- I guess in rankings, less so in premier. In rankings, I would say he's a top four player. Uh, okay, that's fair. In premiers, yeah, top sixteen seems about right. I mean, he he can still win a premier. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not putting him down in any way. But I think if you're looking at a premier event which Luffy attended and you see his name in 13th place, you're not going to be surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The other thing is like, how often are we still seeing people block standing medium punches and then like not take a turn? Because I feel like that's something that like was changed fairly early on, so it's like she no longer gets advantage there or no longer gets to continue uh, pressure there, and yet people are still letting that kind of a thing go. There's a lot of little places where you see uh, people just haven't explored her enough. But I think if you did, if you really took the time, she she falls apart. I think there's a lot of Mika that tends to work that's actually facade. It's not as solid as people think, but for whatever reason... She's. I think maybe it's just she has so many damn juggling pins that are that are kind of fake that she can throw at you that it's like it's hard to really be ready for them just because of the sheer number of goofy options that she has. And then she's backed up by amazing V triggers, and when she gets in, she's really good. So she she kind of hides her weaknesses in what appear to be very efficient ways. I will say one thing. Uh, I don't remember exactly when this was. I think it was fairly early season four like just maybe two or three weeks after we got the season four patch problem x was streaming and people asked him about his top five characters and i don't remember exactly which characters he said but i remember he said mika needs to be in there because i don't know how she keeps getting away with people underrating her like this all the time 
Yeah. Maybe it's like the uh, the inverse of what we were saying earlier. She has the potential to be bad, but uh, people aren't doing it yet. Like yeah. we're not seeing that potential. And then therefore, if I got I got to stay consistent. Yeah. Then sure. because of her results, well, then she's better than than that her potential says. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I'm really hard pressed to say, like, people haven't labbed the Mika matchups like this is a character who's been strong since season one. You know, and, and some people thought she was the best character in season one. Right. Uh, I mean, it's people have labbed the heck out of her. Like you, you play her in tournament. She's a very common character. I mean, it's it just there's never a time like in tournament um, at pretty much any event where you don't see a Mika player placing. You have to deal with this character at some point. Uh, no matter pretty much where you play at, um, yeah, it's just it's a, she's not a, a Rashid or a Cami level, but I mean she's just really common. So I mean, I, I there's always more you can do against a character. There's always more to learn. And fighting games is a beautiful part about him. But I do take issue like saying like people haven't researched her. It's like man, really? Like of all things, like I mean, this is one of the more researched characters because she's been you know good for so long. I think that's true. I think she's been around and she should have been researched. But uh, and, and then maybe part of it is just that like it's all encompassed in the drop kick. She can do a charged up drop kick and you can you can hit her out of it or not. But then sometimes she's going to do the not charged version and you're going to go to hit it and you're going to get crush countered and then Mika. So it might I, I feel like it. I feel more comfortable falling on the idea more so that she just has so many damn juggling pins that even if they're not real, you're just not ready for them all at once. And then she has the V trigger and the corner um, Oki and situations to back it up when she gets in. And that equation adds up to she does pretty damn well in tournament, but doesn't usually win. I think another thing that you can't ignore when it comes to Mika is that she's actually one of those characters where you clearly can use different styles of play with her and be successful because if you look at Fudo and me uh, yeah. and uh, Luffy they definitely use very different types of Mika and both of them have been in Evo top eights with her Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, most people have her as, as the best grappler in the game. Uh, that's, again, if you don't consider Birdie a grappler, right? Or, you know, um, I mean, I think she is. Uh, I think she holds up really well. Um, I know there are a few matchups that Mika players hate with a passion, like Karen of all characters, like who we almost never complain about. Like, but if you play Mika, like you hate Karen with a passion. That's like, it's like, really? Like, like people actually hate Karen. But anyway, um, it, it's she does really well against the majority of the cast. Um, you know, it's. I think we have her a little low, but it's like I think she, she's a little low, right? Um, it, it's again, we can hear the debates back and forth between our team. That's a good sign about our placements here. It really helps inform you know people listening to the podcast. This is why we have this character here. Like this is a debate among our team and among the people in the community. Like some people have her really far up. Some people like feel like she's decently figured out we've got her fairly labbed and all that like and she falls apart right or they play against a bunch of karen people and they're like this character sucks because she loses to karen or whatever you know but anyway um i'll also mention that that capcom barely altered this character in season four like i think like she had very slight changes like the the least amount of changes in the game maybe tied with nicole um and Capcom kind of felt like she was in a really good spot. And she's actually kind of been hovering in the spot ever since season one of Street Fighter V. She doesn't really ever go too much higher or too much lower than around this position. Yeah, yeah I, so. I mean, we, we also have to, even though I did say it feels a bit awkward that she's at 50, and we've been saying maybe she's a bit low on our list, we also have to be looking at the characters that are above her. That, that was the big yeah, outlier exactly. for me, too, in, in voting for her. It was like, yeah, I mean, I think Mika's really good, but I also looked at the characters above her, and I'm like, I don't know if I can reasonably put her above those characters, which is why I voted the way that I did. 
Um, and I think in terms of Mika, uh, with her being a grappler, I think that she just has a lot of tools that are fundamentally good for a grappler character. Uh, and if you look at both of her V-triggers, um, I think she's the only grappler in the game that can actually put something else on screen and make you have to deal with it, which is just an amazing thing for a grappler. I mean, just think of any other grappler character and think, like, if they had something else to worry about, and that would be her partner, Nadeshiko, right? Uh, like, if you had something else you had to worry about as a grappler on screen, like, you know, you're fighting a grappler and you're worried about blocking something else or getting away from it, that's such a big advantage for a grappler character because now you can you kind of have free reign to do a lot of stuff you can you know jump over mix them up cross ups you know go for command throws fake them out all kinds of crazy stuff and i think that's a really good tool for mika to have especially as a grappler and i think she's the only character that has something like that in the game uh, in terms of grapplers yeah it's because she's a cheater yeah she is a <laughs> damn cheater <laughs> <laughs> um so next up here at 14th we have Manat. The funny thing here is this is a character we all voted the exact same. We all had her in the exact same spot. Very few characters on our list appeared this way. And this is the funny thing about Monat is that this is a character everyone agrees on and likes. And to the point, it's ridiculous. It's like Monat killed someone and people are like, well, she's so cute and she plays an honest game. She can't really do it. She's fine. You know, she murdered someone, but who cares? It's, it's, it's really ridiculous. And I play, this is my main character and the amount of positive and like happy feedback I get about her is ridiculous. And I, I'm, I'm putting myself on blast here. Right? It's like people should really be dogging this character more and like, you know, pointing out some of her BS that she has, but they're not. They're like, oh, she's just so cute nice and it's like uh, yeah i mean <laughs> so it, she's well designed yeah, in that yeah respect. so i mean absolutely i mean you're not wrong yeah uh i yeah i have seen a lot of people complain about her lack of hurt boxes and that's kind of a meme as well but when i play right. online i get i i despise online and fighting games this is notorious for anyone who knows me i think it's the worst thing ever and i hate every minute of it but i do it to practice and I think every character in the game, including mirror matches against Alex, makes me go like, oh, what what the hell's wrong with this character? This character's so stupid. This character's so <laughs> terrible. They should be deleted. Except Manat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, funny. Yeah. I Historically, I probably have, you know, on the team, I probably have the most issue with Manat, you know, over the years. Um, but even me, honestly, at this point in time, I think she's just, she's solid. I think she's good. Um, and I probably have the most experience fighting against this stupid character. Uh, I've seen all the bullcrap that she's had and where she's at now. Um, whenever I fight Monot players online, I destroy them. I destroy Monot players online. John is my main partner, Catalyst, my, my main training partner, so I, I know all the ins and outs. But I think she's in a pretty good spot. She still has a few little BS things, but I mean, it's, you know, considering how much time and effort you have to put into the character to learn her, I mean, I think it's fair. Yeah, this uh, this character could do the wrong. Next character, no. <laughs> she's perfect. So leave her, leave her alone, right? <laughs> uh, she's 14th overall in her tiers. Um, she was hit reasonably hard by the season four adjustments, um, but I, I mean, again, she she finds herself in a pretty respectable spot. Like if you're in the top 14 in this game, you're in a pretty good position. Um, you're seeing players generally place with her. Like Sako is kind of like. Uh, a person onto himself in terms of like what he can do with this character and, and you don't want to judge stuff too heavily by like what the best like freak of nature and I mean <laughs> that in a very positive way like can do but like even then Justin Wong, ZJZ, and a few other players are doing well enough with her. She's not winning tournaments but like not every character needs to be capable of winning tournaments, right? Um, and I think again like Sokka probably is going to win one or two like 
at some point in time. Uh, she's the most technical character in the game, but there's also a very rewarding experience awaiting people who invest that time in her. Like it, it's like she's a very agreeable character in like even that regard, right? Um, there's a handful of matchups that are really difficult, like Rashid, Balrog, Bison, Mika. Um, you often see Monot players, like they'll pull out a pocket character or go somewhere else if they have one. Um, but she also has really dominant matchups like against Zangief and Sagat. And I think like she plays the Shotos outside of Akuma really well. And so she ends up like in such a good spot um, as a really balanced character that if you put in the time, you could do a ton of stuff with her. And then she has clearly defined strengths and weaknesses, right? Like it's like you get in on her, you blow her up, she's dead. Um, she's really good at keeping you out. Like her V triggers are both really strong, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I think the adjustments for this character have maybe knocked her down maybe a bit too much. And my argument for that, I, I know people might, you know, be like, hey, you know, she's good where she's at. I, I say that if you have the most technical character in the game, your reward for playing that character maybe needs to be a tad bit higher than 14th overall. Like just a bit because you're really having to put in a lot of time and the mistakes that like the human error factor that comes into play. Like you want to have proper reward for that, for the, the risk you're taking and the, the, the stuff you're taking on to have to play a character that's that technical. So I'll just say that if she's... Outside of her V trigger one, what are oh, the other things? Great, that great make question. Her so her sphere usage, like whenever you do a combo, like that combo has to change depending on whatever spacing or timing you have or wherever your sphere is at on screen. And, and that, like, I mean, literally, if you are an inch different in spacing, your combo has to change, your timing has to change, everything about it has to be altered. Uh, obviously, you guys know that zoning is not a favored activity in Street Fighter V. Um, so to properly zone in this, even with Monat, it takes a lot of work and dedication, and she has to zone properly uh, in many matchups to build up resources so that she's in a good spot on screen. Um, so she's in, in the amount of juggling pins that you have to juggle with, but not because it's like, you don't have a default great anti-air. Her anti-air does like 80 damage, like the crouching heavy punch one, which is what you see the most. Um, but it does 80 damage and it often trades and it, that like that scenario of missing a single anti-air and someone gets in on you, it's a lot. So not only like executionally does she have to juggle a lot, but like matchup wise and everything, she's got a lab pretty much every matchup in the game except for Zangief um, <laughs> and, and, and know how to play against that. Um, and, and because if you don't, you're going to get killed for it. Uh, and actually, one of the, the stories about that is uh, Steven uh, Dream King playing G for the first time. Like, he he played him, and, like, I was playing against G. I think I lost, like, 90% of the matchups we played for, like, two or three weeks. And it wasn't until I went to the lab and, and researched it that I found out um, that, like, oh, yeah, this is how to counter him and all that kind of stuff. Like, she just requires an intense amount of, of, of dedication and execution to the point where um, Goichi, uh, he obviously plays Dragon Ball Fighters the most right now. He's actually stopped playing Monat very often in tournament and went to Chun-Li because he's just not keeping up with the game that much. So. Yeah, and as far, I think you guys have said pretty much everything. I think that for what she is, what she's supposed to be, I think she hits the nail on the head. Um, she's unique. She's like a zoner that she uses her, her orb. Nobody else really does it like Monat does it. And before, it was just too much. The the V-Trigger 1 potential there was, was I think, too much, and then maybe a few of her normals, um, the things that were nerfed. Uh, but now, 
she functions as a as what like I say she's supposed to be. She adds a good amount of flavor to the game. Of course, everyone loves her as a character and like who she is. This you know, like she's a waifu for a lot of people. Although I think she's too young to be a waifu, so whatever that is, I don't know. Um, and but but yeah, I, I'm really happy with where she is now. I think she can get the job done efficiently. She's not pissing people off when she wins. It's because she should have won. And uh, and yeah, and she's fun to watch still because you still see those like V Trigger One crazy stuff from Sako and yeah, things. She's like fun to watch when it isn't Justin Wong. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm still waiting for people to jump on V Trigger Two with that character, man. It's uh, uh, John Catalyst uses it all the time, and it's um, you know, it's it's outside of the norm, but man, I, I cannot you know encourage V Trigger Two usage enough, and just using the other V Trigger. I've written several articles on it on the site, but just exploring other options. Um, there's there's so much more there. Uh, there were two things I wanted to bring up with Manat as well uh, regarding to what uh, John was saying about her. Uh, the first thing about her not really winning tournaments, I think we kind of have to address that the biggest Manat player isn't competing anymore as well. Uh, and that obviously affects her results. Uh, we don't know what it would look like if Infiltration was playing right now. And also, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. And also... Um, about her, like, you having to put in that much work and 14 spot might be a little bit low for that. I mean, yeah, maybe. But I think that sounds about in line with what Xi'an had to do with Gen in Street Fighter 4 as well. I, mm-hmm. I don't think many people would put Gen higher than maybe 14th-ish in that game. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Xi'an still won Eva with her. So, uh, with him, I mean. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe you should get a little bit more bang for your buck if you put in all that time. But... It's hard to balance. It's hard to balance a game from how difficult a character is. Yeah, um, I, my 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 buffs there would be very much like she gets a little bit more range, like on her V skill combos and stuff like that, especially without her orb. Uh, yeah. And it would just be like maybe she gets slightly more damage on like one of her combos or something like that, just to give her a little bit more quality of life. Yeah. But we've already seen what happens when this character is too strong, and I was completely on board with nerfing her. I was very, I'm actually very happy again with where the character's at overall. It's just like it feels like from a design standpoint that makes sense. But as Nick mentions, it's hard to do. You know, it, it, this stuff is very, very, very hard. And yeah. you, uh, the infamous quote that we say is like Vega in Street Fighter 4 from Seth Killian. He said, look, this character was top tier before the game shipped. We altered a few things and he dropped down to the almost the very bottom of the game. Um, and that that is, especially with a character this powerful as is, you have to be very, very careful with what you do. So next up, we have another main character here, and this is Nikali. Uh, he's 13th overall. Uh, John Raptor, you play him. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I've spoken to this before on the podcast, but I think Nikali on paper is very good. And in the game, he's very good. He's got tools all over the place. He's got a command grab. He's got a dive kick. He's got great damage output. He's got frame traps. When he pops V-Trigger, he's, uh, he's, he's faster with his movement. His dashes go further. Some of his uh, frame data get better. All in all, he looks like a character that if you're just looking at the paper, you go, this is a candidate for one of the best, if not the best characters in the game. But with the way Street Fighter V works, he has to play, and I dare say it, um, more honest than the characters that play above him. And by that, I mean maybe honesty isn't even the best term. Uh, I'm going to jump in there and say it's definitely not the best term to use with Nikali. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so the the big difference is he has to take more 50-50 risks in his approach, in his offense, in when he's trying to do something, where a lot of other characters don't have the just-do-it move. Or they do have just-do-it moves where he has uh, moves where, like, 
it's more of a 50-50 situation. It in and his risk and reward is too balanced. That's what I should say. His risk and reward is more balanced than the characters than most of the characters that are above him. So while he has a bunch of great tools, and we've seen been seeing Machibo do very well with him, he's even taken a tournament, placed in a couple of top eights, and that's very nice to see. Um, the character just when it comes to like a lot of the times it's like well did it go his way in situations mm-hmm. when he chose the dash were they ready for it things like that and um and that's okay like there there's a there's a sense of well you got to condition your opponent and that's fun um and that's part of that mental back and forth that we play fighting games for but there are other characters that get to do those same things but without the risk and i think that nikali's risk factor well it's not huge it's bigger than other characters that do uh, similar things and that's why he's not as good as he looks like he should be on paper and just to, to put this in context for our listeners is i actually very much compare him to like a kin where he, you think this guy is maybe more solid than he is, but oftentimes the players that are having the most success with him, they play him a little YOLO, and, and you kind of have to to take advantage of his tools, right? He doesn't have a lot of solid ways uh, of blowing you up consistently. Yeah, I think that um, one of the big things with this character, and I'm taking Nick's thing by saying one of the big things, um, <laughs> is that I recently played a bit of him against Catalyst. We were playing random uh, matches, and I was playing Nikali just to try him out. Uh, and one of the things that I noticed right away is that the barrier or the ceiling to actually playing him is so extremely low. Like you can jump in and play that character very quickly and understand what he wants to do and have useful tools and actually use them in game. It was pretty ridiculous to me, honestly. I mean, I, I play G and, you know, I know how people feel about that character, but that character is damn technical at the end of the day. And I was texting uh, Catalyst the whole time, like, dude, I cannot believe the amount of things I don't have to worry about while I'm playing Nikali. Like, it's it's just unreal. It was a night and day difference to me. Um, and it's, you know, I think that's one of his strengths as a character, but I think that's also one of his biggest weaknesses. That's not necessarily that his tools aren't strong enough. It's just that he has a low uh, entry barrier of, of entry, uh, but he also has a low ceiling in terms of advancement. And, and by that, I mean... Once you get to the higher levels, there isn't that much room to go anywhere else with this character because he's so not technical that you understand, all right, this is what the character wants to do. And this is pretty much what he's going to do every time. Like you start to kind of learn it there. Whereas if you play a more technical character, there's so many different avenues to explore there and you feel it when you play them. But with Nikali, I just I could not believe it when I played that character. I'm like, dude, he's so effective right out of the gate that I'm just like, wow. And, and I've played quite a few characters on the roster and he was easily the easiest character for me to pick up and play like by far uh and it's just it's kind of i was texting catalyst like he's like a fisher price character he's the flintstones vitamins Mm. of characters (laughs) which i know people will take offense to but it's it's not a knock at the high level players with this character it's it really is by design you pick that character you can do a bunch of stuff and go crazy right out of the gate and be effective but you also have to understand that if you're trying to play him at the highest level, at a certain point, you're going to hit the ceiling. And then other characters are going to go beyond you and understand how to beat you. And I think that's kind of what we see with him. Um, but I, that's why I have him rated this high as like, he's really good uh, at an entry level and he can do a lot of stuff. But I think he ultimately hits a ceiling uh, and then the characters above him just do better. Yeah, Uh this is going to piggyback a little bit of, uh, of what Steven said, because what I was thinking when it came to Nikali is that he does feel kind of like a starter character in the sense that he I wouldn't I would even hesitate to call him a jack of all trades because I think he's good 
at everything. He's just not great at anything. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of players that are competitively minded, they will start playing Nikali. And if we look back at the history for Street Fighter V, a lot of people were playing Nikali at some point and then kind of switched off because you start playing Nikali and you get to experience Street Fighter V and you get to experience almost every aspect of Street Fighter V because he has a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and he's pretty good at everything. He's not you, you aren't even getting like an aversion to anything specific because he's not necessarily bad at it. And through doing that, you're going to realize, oh, well, this is the aspect that I'm the best at in Street Fighter V. This is the aspect that fits me best, which will transfer you to picking a character that's great at that aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what we've seen with Haitani, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's just not enough room for growth with that character because it's, you know, he has strong tools, but it's uh, you're, at the end of the day, you're going to play the same way with Nikali. Like, you're, to do best with him, you're going to try to do the same stuff. Uh, and then I think you have high-level players that start experiencing that, and they're like, well... That's why you see Nikali players, you know, at the highest levels going YOLO, because that's what they have to do. Because people, you know, their opponents know what the character wants to do. So now you have to do the crazy stuff that's unexpected to catch him off guard. And that's why you see YOLO Nikali. That's why that's a thing, because he's so streamlined in what he wants to do that people understand how to fight him. And then once you get to that point, it's like, well, what do I do now? I do YOLO. I go for the YOLO stuff. You literally don't have any other options because that's Mm -hmm. how basic he is. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. And his YOLO is not safe. Is the yeah, thing well, yellow better mm-hmm. not be safe? That I'm saying, like, what would make him a top Street Fighter Five character is if his slash, for instance, started up quickly and were safe, or you could cancel it into V Trigger and then uh, at least like so it's like something like Bison Scissors or Balrog's Rush Punch or um, Urian's EX Tackle, something along those lines. But his dash starts up, or I'm sorry, his slash move starts up fairly slowly and is very punishable. Uh, but if he has just like a well, I just as soon as I have V trigger, I get in with this move. He gets in with usually like a like a roundhouse or something like that. If he puts a roundhouse on you, but if he had close the gap, do it for safe, and then also uh, now you're in a mix up and Nikali's in his best place, that would immediately put him up with the other top tiers. But because he doesn't have something like that, I think that's like one of the big differences. Yeah, to me, if, if this character was any higher than 13th on our tier list here, um, I might actually ask for some nerfs due to how easy he is to play. Because mm-hmm. when you have easy characters to play, everyone flocks to them. And, and why would you want to put it in work when you can just have a cheap character, right? Like, that's what Nikali was in Season 1. Like, he was super easy to play. Uh, he was dominant, and a bunch of people played him. He ended up being one of the most popular characters. And, you know, the classic phrase is like, just give me the cheap stuff. Just give me the cheap mm-hmm. stuff. I don't care. I don't want to have to put in time in. Just do that. And like, and that's what the FGC will do. That's what human nature is, right? So I see this character is still capable of winning a tournament. He's, he's already won some stuff here in Season 4. Um, but he's just not the powerhouse he was you know, previously. That's fine. If they nerfed him a bit, like I would be okay with it just on the general principle of like this guy is super easy to play. He just should not be this good, especially when you start factoring in that we've nerfed the other top tiers and Nikali is going to rise up now at that point. And I, I think it's a pretty obvious thing that we're going to see some nerfs. I hope and pray that we're going to see some like nerfs to Rashid and all that, right? Probably some stuff to Bison. Like that's like kind of what we're expecting. And at that point, Nikali is going to rise up a little bit. And I think that you have to knock him down uh, to keep the, the ecosystem of the game in a healthy point because it's like this guy's too damn brain dead to play like he's just he's too easy and, and again it's not knocking anyone like like people who are playing him in tournament and stuff like that i you're playing against players who know how to play against this character right this is just kind of knocking him down to like he doesn't fit 
how a game should be designed at that point. You can't have this brain dead of a character be that good. And that's why I would say, yeah, he, I would look at some slight nerfs to him. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you have easy to play and really good, you have Cammy. Yeah. And you have everybody playing Cammy, and she's, you know, all over the tournament results. And, and that's kind of what you want to avoid because it really just, you know, encourages playing that character instead of someone you actually really want to play because why wouldn't you? Yeah. You have a character that's really good, a low ceiling to learn them, and you want to try to win that prize money, those points to get to Capcom Cup, of course you're going to put that time in there and get further than if you're trying to learn, like, say, Sakura or something. And, and that that's kind of what you want to avoid with these types of characters. They're, they're easy to play for a good reason, and if you make them too strong, then everybody's going to play them and it's just going to get boring and, yeah. So next up we have at 12th overall, and this is tied with our next character, is we have Colleen. Um, This is a pretty popular character in tournament, and you generally see her scoring high placements as well. Uh, Spotting a Colleen in the top 8 or top 16 at an event is not an unusual thing at all. Um, She's got a disgusting V-Trigger 2, which has great mix-ups and solid damage. Her footsies and setups are all very good here in Street Fighter V. Uh, has a pretty good reversal, some invincible attacks with her V-Skill and critical art. Um, the main thing Colleen seems to have going against her is that just some matchups uh, against other high-end characters like Bison, Guile, Abuki, Akuma, and Rashid, they're not that great. Like that, She doesn't hold up super well against top-tier characters, and that's kind of why she's at 12th overall, despite being quite strong. Um while she can definitely hang with these other, you know, top tiers, it's just like, yeah, she's a step below them. And that's, I, I think, goes back to the, what we discussed before. It's like, yeah, we could have Colleen higher, but, like, when you see who's in our top ten, you go, oh, yeah, like, maybe Colleen isn't quite that good. So, um, but she seems to kind of beat who you would expect and lose to who you'd expect overall. It's like she matches expectations up really well, if you ask me. Um, so, speaking to her overall power... Um, you're seeing pro players pick her up, which is always a good sign. CJ Truth has migrated over. Nemo and Punko are also playing her as an alt. Uh, and then people who used her previously are sticking with her with Momochi, Nephew, and Neon. Like, that is a very good sign for your character if pros are picking them up or people who have played her previously are sticking with them. Like, you know you have a character that's viable then, right? Um, so Punk what are you guys seeing out too. there? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Just... Just for the record, Punko was playing her since she released. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, she just has a really uh, good uh, stats in a lot of different categories. And I think she has a ton of different options. Um, and she can play in a handful of different ways. And, uh, and and if you're a creative and smart player, there's just so much potential on the table for you that there's no way this doesn't, if you give it the time, translate into wins. Whenever, yeah. I, I agree, and whenever I think of Colleen, one of the main thing that, things that comes to mind is uh, a punk quote about the character, which I think most people have probably heard. Uh, Nobody's better at whiff punishing Colleen than Colleen. <laughs> because he notoriously picks her in the mirror and does very, very well with her. And you got a guy who's maining Karen, saying right. basically this character yeah. is better at whiff punishing. Yeah, yeah and uh, besides that, I don't think it's controversial to say that her V-Trigger 2 is probably the best V-Trigger in the game. Hmm. Uh, I think it's definitely up there. When I think of V-Triggers, that's the one that I'm most shocked didn't get nerfed because everyone was expecting that to become free bars, and it didn't. Hmm. Um, and that's that's that really was a big shock because she's already a very strong FTSE character, and in V-Trigger 2, not only does that aspect get even stronger, but she also gets this these freaky mix-ups on top of it. Mm-hmm. 
So for me, I, I mean, I had Colleen in my top 10, actually. Mm. Um, so for me, tw- 12, well, tied 11th, I guess, is a little bit low. But even then, obviously, she's very high up. And I don't think anyone underestimates the power of this character at this point. Yeah, I, I think she's in a really good spot in terms of just what you want a Street Fighter Five character to be. I mean, I don't think she's too easy to play, too hard to play. I think her tools are, are really good. She has something kind of for everything. She has a, she has cool counters, things like that. Like, she's very just the epitome of a good character, in my opinion. And she's she's not really a character that's a huge problem or anything like that. Like, when she wins, you, you think it's deserved. You think, you know, you expect it. You know, it's she's not dominating, really. And I think that she's just a really good example of a character that that's kind of uh, a good, uh, you know, the representation of what you'd want a Street Fighter V character to be right now. Yeah, and she doesn't rely on a lot in the way of just do-it moves. I don't think. I think of Colleen as more of a uh, of a of a footsie neutral character. She might toss out a few icicles, uh, projectiles, but um, that's just to manipulate in the neutral. Um, but there's not a ton. Maybe in V Trigger Two, she can just zip in yes. and such. Um, and yeah. and Nick, you said that, that she might have the best V Trigger in the game. I don't think that her V Trigger Two is the best in and of itself. I think there are other ones that are better. But the fact that it only costs two bars might make it the most efficient, like the cost efficient V Trigger. And so, and you, I guess you could say that makes it the best. Um, I think there are V triggers yeah. that that get, you get more out of them. But for two bars, yeah, it's pretty. It's a really good deal. It's a screaming deal. So um, I, I guess I pretty much agree with you there, but maybe with a little bit more detail. Yeah, I might not call it the best if it had actually been changed to free bars. But mm-hmm. as it stands right now, uh, damn, that's good. Yeah, and not only that, but she uses V skill in her standard gameplay too. Like, it's, oh yeah, you know, she uses it yeah. as a counter and all that, and she can build gauge. So it's not just a sitting around hoping to get hit and it's also two bars so she can build it and potentially get two in a round uh which i think is makes it a really good candidate for the best in the game too i think that a big takeaway as we've talked about this is to at the very least say that she's a very well-designed character that capcom did a good job implementing her v skill into her system um so that you can actually use it and and therefore earn your v trigger i like the idea of earning v triggers a lot more than just getting hit for them as a revenge thing um she's not just relying on just do it moves she has actual legitimate things where she has to calculate but she has enough ability in those that she can hang in a game where people do have just do it moves and uh and and yeah so i mean just judging from this conversation alone i think you go well she's pretty well made yeah yeah i'd agree with that assessment except for a v trigger one because that became completely left in the gutter mm-hmm. when V Trigger 2 was introduced. Because not only does V Trigger 2 basically, I mean, it gives her so many different things, right? And it lasts for quite a while. You get a lot of mileage out of it. It also has the same gimmick that the V Trigger 1 has, where the, you freeze the, the sunbar. You can actually yeah. do that. Yeah, you can actually do that in V Trigger 2 as well. So V Trigger 1 just becomes this super weird thing i've seen some clean players use it in super specific matchups like in matchups where they're being kept out like dalson and yeah okay i guess that's fair enough but i wish they'd i mean even if i feel like v trigger 2 probably should be free bars and maybe it should have nerfs i think the higher priority for capcom should be to do something with her v trigger one i think her v trigger 2 should just use more meter when she uses it so she doesn't get quite as much out of it for it being a two bar yeah sure 
I mean, anything, uh, anything is fine as long as they look at it. But please look at Vitru one first. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys want to see this change to Colleen? Like right now, let's say we get, you know, the, the 0.5 patch comes out. Do you guys want to see Colleen looked at right now? Or do you feel like she's in a pretty good spot? I, I wouldn't lose sleep if she didn't get changed, but it w- I think it would be just that much better if she if something happened to her V trigger two. And then I guess I, I agree with Nick. I don't have anything against that with uh, buffing up her V trigger one or making it more useful. Yeah, I would like to see V trigger changes, but that's it. I don't even think V trigger two needs to be slaughtered or anything. I agree with Raptor in that, like, make it burn a bit more bar, either that or make it a free bar. I don't think you should take away the creativity that comes with it because I think that's a very healthy uh, aspect for a player to have to have something that cool and that should be like the core of v triggers right being able to do something really cool mm-hmm. was that so a, was that a that pun was up. that like a, a freaking artist Schwarzenegger and batman <laughs> <laughs> like level no <laughs> okay. no it wasn't yeah. all right it, it wasn't but <laughs> i guess i guess <laughs> um it, it, just to jump in and say that i i really am a huge believer in characters having a, a chance to shine and do something and calling has always been kind of like a, a mid-tier like whatever and the fact that she's this far up there like i'd like to see her left alone for right now but i do agree that when you knock down the top tiers colleen is going to go really far really quickly and at that point in time i do think that her v trigger 2 needs to be looked at um and, and i agree with you guys about that change but i mean again i'm just such an advocate like it's like if you've never had a chance to to be like at the top it's like give that character a chance to be up there for a little bit, like, you know, six months or something like that, and then knock them down. Uh, but that would be the only thing I'd add in. So. No, John, we want Rashid, we want Akuma, we want Kami at the top, always. <laughs> we never want them to drop below, so don't let anybody else shine. Keep nerfing. Agreed. <laughs> so next up we have uh, our final character here, and this is Guile at number 11. He uh, He is tied with Colleen. Um, some people have dropped him either as a main to a secondary character like Knuckle Doo and Chris G have put him back there. Uh, Phenom also does not play him as an alt anymore, at least from what I've seen. Um, top players have stuck with him though. And, and Daigo and Kaba are definitely two very strong notables that continue to get results with him. Also, Akenu and Chuan play the character at a strong level too. Um, so I think he comes down a lot to how much you think he's fallen off in terms of having this, you know, this placement here at 11 or 12 or, or whatever. Like, because this was a top five character in many people's minds, uh, maybe even better than that uh, previously. And it's like, okay, so how far did he fall with this? And it's like, with the, the tournament results, it's a little bit mixed here. Uh, what do you guys see? Like, what do you guys see on your end? Like, e- either in your neck of the woods or watching tournaments, like, how do you feel? I think he's a really good zoner I, that also gets combos and frame traps where that are sometimes even better than characters that are not zoners that do that more often um, and that have that more baked into their regular game plan and design. And um, it still feels like, I don't know, he's he's not necessarily winning everything. He's not as oppressive as he was, but I, I don't like how he operates. I don't like how he thrives up close and far away in the way that he does it. And it's kind of hard to put your finger directly on it and say this is exactly the problem this is exactly the muscle that's sore that needs to be massaged out but like he's he's strong in two different ways that i don't think he should be strong in both ways so i think he's still up there i I know i had him in my top 10 um uh, maybe just like right at 10th or so uh yeah he's not breaking the game but i still don't love him as a character yeah, I, I very heavy agree on that. Uh, mm-hmm. I also feel like he excels too much into like complete counterpoints of games, uh, which makes for a very confusing character design to fight against because you don't even know where you want him on the screen. 
because he's oppressing you no matter where he is. And that feels so awkward to play against. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like the nerfs to him were fairly effective mm -hmm. because, like we're saying, he's not exactly dominating. Knuckle do won an event, but he used mostly G. Mm -hmm. I think it was Turyukin he won. Yes. Uh, but he still used Guile a bit. Uh, he still uses Guile quite a bit. I, I have a note here um, about that. Like, he was actually on a roll here uh, with G. He was doing incredibly well. And then JB's Rashid came out, and Knuckle do immediately went to Guile, and I think 3 0 him. Yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> but it was like, when you're on a roll with G, you do not want to stop playing G. Yeah. Like, he is just such a momentum-based character. And the fact that Knuckle do, I know he plays 5,000 characters, but he went to Guile, and specifically for Rashid, I'm like, okay. Like, that's, that's that's a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're a character that has good matchup against Rashid, you're pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with Guile, the, the nerfs were fairly effective because he, for me, he was top two uh, in 3.5. And now I, I had him in my top 10. Uh, so I have him a little bit higher than we have him collectively. But even so, going from two to around 10 ish is still a that that's pretty good balancing, but I'm I still can't shake that feeling that that Raptor was talking about, where I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's something about his game plan that just frustrates me too much because he it feels like no matter where I am on the screen, no matter what situation I have him in, he's the one with the advantage, and that just that just doesn't feel good. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he's Guile, right? So Guile, you want him, you expect him to be zoning you the whole match, and that's not what you do in this game. But then, you know, he can, at a moment's notice, change it to rushing you down, and then you're at a disadvantage there too. He's strong there as well. And so I think that's kind of where the conflict comes, where it's like, you know, he can do this stuff. You have a character like Sagat who's really strong with zoning, but, you know, because of the way the meta works in this game, it's not as effective because he can get rushed down and stuff like that. But with Guile, he can kind of just fight that off anyway. He can do both. And it's it's weird to see Guile be able to do that because it's like you want to think when you fight that character, he's going to zone, so let me get in on him and just beat him. But then he'll switch from zoning you to going in on you, and then now you're getting you know pressured, and you're like, well... What the hell do I do now? And I think that's kind of the big issue with this character of like, he just has his tools spread out across the board and they're pretty darn strong. And he kind of has tools for everything. Yeah. I, I also have to clarify, I'm, I'm looking at our list here. I actually did put him at 11th, exactly where we have him right here. So I didn't have him in my top mm -hmm. 10, my bad. Yeah, and I'll just jump in. I actually had Guile the lowest here. And it's funny because... I, I like look at this character and I'm on the other end of the spectrum of you guys, which is unusual for us here. I, I feel like Capcom nailed his balance. I feel like he's a good character, but not a like, you know, dominating one. And it's funny hearing you guys come up with like the other end of the spectrum. Um, it's like I know where I need to be at with Guile, but I play him a not. And that is mm -hmm. a matchup that Guile players do not like. Uh, I know that if I'm point blank on Guile and I get past his minefield, I'm in a good spot. And again, that goes back to that our experiences biases. And it's not like, you know, my ranking is like 5,000, you know, points different. Like, I don't know how that would happen, but, you know, I'm like five slots off from most of you guys, right, with him. Um, but that's that could be a sizable difference at this point in the list. Um, but it's 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 funny how much our personal experiences and knowledge, like, shape how we vote in this. So Yeah, and, and that's not, like, I don't fully disagree with you there. I think that he has been... Um, nerfed to a like like the nerfs that they gave him made a lot of sense and where they place him 
especially in respect to or comparatively to where he was it's like that's a pretty good move but still something about this character doesn't jive very well with me and i think what that is like we were all kind of talking about is that he's too good in two different of ways that it's like why are you giving this character all of these things and and i guess that probably has something to do with the way we've come to understand street fighter the way we've come to understand character archetypes it's like guile's committing some sin in the realm of character archetypes or something like that um and mm. that's what's kind of getting at our, our our gut or something like that and maybe and and it feels like giving sangi for fireball yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's two conflicting archetypes, is what it is. It's like you you want to have a character that's a zoner, a strong zoner, and Guile is pretty much the poster boy of strong zoning characters, right? He's the original, one of the originals. And then you also have a character who's good at rushdown, and those two things don't usually mix super well. It's usually one or the other. There's elements of each, you know, that can cross over, but you usually don't have a character that's strong at both. Like really Yeah, why is this zone of crush countering me with frame traps and then going into like mm-hmm. twenty hit combos with his V Trigger One Sonic yep. Boom stuff into super, right? It's like mm-hmm. why do you have both of those things? That's Well let me yeah. let me jump in and mention that. If we took away let's let's say Guile's rushdown was like one of the worst in the game, right? Let's let's do it. Mm-hmm. Like he would drop tremendously in the tier list here in Street Fighter Five. Yeah. Like he would be abysmal mm-hmm. because zoning is so bad in this game overall like you zone for a while but like if you compare the zoning in street fighter 5 to street fighter 4 it's like night and day difference like in terms of how effective it is well, guile zoning and, was like a valid zoning uh, ability and and but it has been nerfed especially with like the speeds of his booms and such and, and i mean it's still pretty good but yeah i don't think he would be getting the job done with just the zoning as it stands right now and so Capcom has painted themselves into a bit of a corner here with Street Fighter V where it's like they've they've nerfed zoning and defense to the point where it's invalid for most characters in the game. And even for the ones that it's valid for, like they're having to, to, to soup up their offense to high degrees. Like even characters like Dalsim like have to have good offense mm-hmm. to even be somewhat respectable. And, and, and that is one of the inherent flaws with the game that, again, even though I love Street Fighter V, it's like my favorite game. Like I want to play it. Like even right now, I wish I could go play it. Um, like I love this damn game so much like i even i like fully admit that like the offense is way too tilted in this game and that's why i think we have characters like guile where it's like hey capcom you messed up so fundamentally on the design it's it's too late to fix it this street fighter 5 is what it is but you have characters like this that feel so lopsided and they they can't kind of can't get out of their own way in terms of what they're going to be yeah i mean there might not be a good way to solve guile at this point if we're looking at the pro if we're accepting uh, our issues as an actual problem, that is. But, I mean, we aren't saying that he should be terrible at Rushdown either. It's just he feels like he's too strong at both mm-hmm. for it to make sense. Like, he doesn't have to be awful at Rushdown just because he's good at Sony, especially not in a game like Street Fighter V, because that would be extremely detrimental to his character. But, like, if he is such a good rushdown character and he can pressure you so hard, why does he have a sonic boom that's plus one on block as well? Like, that that feels really difficult for me to understand. Yeah, I think that, like, well, the basics and the beginnings of your answer, then we probably shouldn't go down this rabbit hole too far. But it's that, like, when he is up in your face, his reward for doing whatever it is with his, you know, with his in-your-face normals and attacks should be that he spaces you back out to a situation where he can play what he's actually good with. So, like... 
you know, it ends in a flash kick that gives you a, a lot of distance, and then he goes back to start zoning again. It's like a like a two or three hit combo, as opposed to crush counter, bam, ba bam, ba bam, into a V trigger, and to send you into the corner, and to just overwhelm you into more frame traps. I think that um, his yeah. offense should be, you know, up close should be just fine, but it should be a means back to what he's good at, which is zoning, something like that, as opposed to yeah. oh, he can just you know. You're, it's not working on this side. Let me just slide right over the other side of the way you fight, and and I'll just do it on this mm-hmm. side. And it's like, well, that's kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. All right. So wrapping us up here, um, I, I want to go back to here to a moment in time, because uh, because we were kind of expecting John to blow up a little bit about like Fisher Price Nikali, and he like he just took back there and like totally accepted it and whatnot. And, and I, I I go back to like um it was a previous podcast we did and uh, Raptor was calling out drinking and said like everyone says your characters are technical like you know like that comment he, has no, he his said characters that, he said that most... I always say yeah yeah I always say my characters the most technical which is true because I always played pretty much the most technical characters a season but John is, Raptor was trying uh, to say that as I'm just using that as an excuse but b- before we jump into this can everyone just agree that i'm the most honest when i say how dumb alex is all the time <laughs> yeah, you can have yeah, the dumb alex honest. title nick that's all yeah. you i mean he's bad he's bad don't get me wrong yeah. he's bad but he's really dumb yeah I-, I think nick said before the podcast actually is like if there's anyone who has them below the bottom five i'm gonna raise hell on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go crazy <laughs> no nicole like, is right, very simple he does is like he's he's not super intricate and I, I enjoy that because I enjoy exploring the the back and forth mentally more than I enjoy execution. That's just kind of more been my thing. And that's, I think, a big part of why I'm not as big of a fan of Street Fighter V because I think a lot of that gets uh, – a lot of Street Fighter V – V triggers and just do it moves get in the way of exploring that mental back and forth because a lot of times you're going to do it no matter what you're not thinking about what I'm what I'm thinking you're just thinking this is good I do this now and um and so yeah well I I will say that with a more technical character you can actually have a lot more of that back and forth too because there's a lot of different options a lot of different things you can do there and there's you start getting to that galaxy brain level. And I think that's something that you might be missing in your gameplay, you know, choosing Nikali. It's like, there's, there's a lot more you can explore with this game when you have a character that, you know, goes a lot deeper because man, Nikali is super fisher price. I've been thinking about picking up Rashid, so let's do it. Oh no. He's a perfect character to play, dude. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm getting right into this right now. Capcom, if you're listening, release E-Honda at Evo. I don't care so much about Rose just for whatever. (laughs) Don't let Raptor play Rashid. I don't want, no one wants to see that. Like, not just me. Like, no one on the planet wants to see that happen. (laughs) That, you know, freaking like the end of the earth at that point. So, anyway, yeah, we definitely want Honda out there. I think he'll play Honda. Put Goken in there. I think he'll play him. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I really want Honda. But I want him for the meme value. Yeah. <laughs> we finally made it. The last Street Fighter 2 character. I hope they announce Honda. And then the second announcement where, you know how last year they were like, we want one more, everybody? And I was like, oh, there's two announcements. The second announcement is the day after Honda releases, Street Fighter 6 comes out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that, that's about that, the perfect. That would point. totally happen. Yeah, that's about the perfect point to end on because that, that, that's like Capcom. It's like it, it's funny that we we've hit this point of like we actually have no idea like specifically which characters are coming because everything is usually leaked and we have a few ideas in mind which we've discussed before but like we're not sure and it's so crazy to be at a point like we're not actually sure it makes you wonder if Capcom's sure either but anyway but it sounds like a Capcom <laughs> move there so it'd be kind of awesome if that happened but uh but yeah. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Hubs podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you guys soon.
You turn your brain off for a second with Geef, and it can be all over for you. Yeah. And you turn your brain off for a second with Rashid, it's all over for the opponent. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>